This episode of the Smoking Guns Podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Coming to you from JD's Bar and Grill. That's new. Yeah, first time. Live. Live. Well, we're live, but you're not listening to us live. Well, some of you are, because some of you are here. Uh, We are the Smoking Guns Podcast. Look at that. We got people clapping. We got applause. Sounds like there's a ton of people here. Real applause. Real applause. I love it. You're listening to the Smoking Guns Podcast. We're coming to you live from the JD Bar and Grill in uh, on 410. At the Rigsby, yeah, Rigsby, Rigsby. exit. Uh, we are coming to you with the Smoking Guns uh, podcast uh, with the JD Bar and Grill Mobile Studios in JD's Bar and Grill. It's like Inception. It's a thing inside <laughs> of a thing because it's the JD Bar and Grill Mobile Studios in JD's Bar and Grill. I the like mobile it. studio has come home. It is. We are the Smoking Guns podcast. We are a podcast that uh, deals with football in and around Texas. Uh, specifically football in the San Antonio area, and even more specifically football centered around one San Antonio Gunslingers franchise, the best thing to happen to San Antonio professional football For ever. Sure. ever. Since ever. Since yeah. ever. Uh, and, and we have the winningest, winningest, no, that's not the right word. Yeah. The winningest. Winning, winningest. Winningest coach here. For yeah, the he's here. Franchise Woo! history. <laughs> the winningest head coach in franchise history. Maybe we'll that's get right. him in front of a microphone today. There you go. We are at JD's Bar and Grill. We're live. It sounds a little different, I'm sure, uh, if you're listening on a Wednesday. Um, if you're listening on Wednesday and you're not here with us, what the heck, man? Where are yeah, you? Like, what do we have to do? Like, how come you didn't show up? Really? Come on. Uh, great place here. I, I love it. Yeah. It's got a nice feel. They got plenty of TVs, places to watch your sports. I'm seeing uh, baseball. Looks like Tampa Bay and... Who are they playing? Boston? Boston? Oh, is Boston going to finally win a game? What's the score of that game? I can't see. can't see it from here. But the NCAA also, too, I I saw. The uh, men's championship game is tonight, Gonzaga and Baylor. Baylor, a Texas team. You think think Baylor has a chance? Probably not, no. Gonzaga's really good. Really good. Like, really, really good. (laughs) Yes. Um, I hope that Baylor wins. I would love it if they win. But Gonzaga is really, really good. We haven't seen a college basketball team that good in a while. Uh, in fact, the last undefeated team in college basketball to win the championship was in the 70s, I think I heard today. 71, I think it was. It was a long it, time ago. A long time ago. It was a long time ago. Hey, we're talking about college basketball. I don't know what that's all about. We should be talking about football. We should be talking about the gunslingers. Yeah. Uh, we're in a bye week. Sort of. First time. Yeah. Yeah. First of a few. I was just talking to somebody earlier. Like, it's a good opportunity. We had a few guys on the mend, and they're going to be ready, hopefully, for this next game. You got names? Yeah. Pierre Turner. Oh, okay. I'm ready for Pierre to be on the field. Jordan Seminat. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to get J.B. Butler back. Nice. Nice. And uh, who was the other guy that was hurt? There was one other guy. I know Ben Kane was out, but it wasn't an injury. Right. I'm um, not sure who the What about Bustamante? I saw Bustamante on the side. Was he hurt? No, he was, someone else? he was just uh, inactive that game. 
You know they can only run 21 guys out there? 21-22, Jason. 22. And how do they 21 determine or 22 that? on the game day. 22 because of COVID. It's supposed oh. to be 21, but you get an extra person on your game day roster. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So they get 22, and you can only run those 22 out there. So oh, um, that makes sense now. You know, sometimes guys that uh, are perfectly capable of playing just don't make the roster because you got to fit everybody in there. Speaking of rosters, do you think by next game um, every person who attends can get a copy of the roster? I, that is not my call. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that would There's be an awesome idea. There's lots of things that fans have mentioned over the last uh, you know, couple of weeks that are not our call. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I posted something about this event today here, and somebody's like, hey, can we get porta-potties? And I'm like, what, I, 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 don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I think, that's all about. I think they were making a reference to uh, the tailgating, but it didn't come across that way. Gotcha. Oh, what's this? So. Am I a speed reader? I got it. Oh, you got it? Okay. As long as you got it, that's good. I just don't want to get any feedback. We're trying to set levels here so everybody here can hear. Okay. Um, that is starting to ring a little bit. We might pull that speaker out a little further if we could do that. Jonas is uh, here. Jonas Clark. We're going to get him on today because we keep talking about how he needs to come on the show. Well, he's here, so we're going to talk to him at some point soon. We finally got him where we can actually get him in front of a mic. So, yeah, we got to do that. We are in a really interesting position in the Gunslinger schedule, Leo. Um, it's, it's an extended halftime yes, when it for comes sure. to the Austin Wild because they yes. came into town last week. The Gunslingers pulled out the victory, a 10-point victory. But yep. now the Wilders get, are, is getting ready to come back in next Monday night. Mm-hmm, the 12th, April 12th. That's going to be an interesting uh, – it's just an interesting way that the schedule is built. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for sure. For and sure. For sure. <laughs> and um, seeing as how game one was so in-your-face, kind of a very edgy, touchy game, it makes it that much more interesting as far as what's going to happen uh, in the next coming week. Yeah, so there were uh, players that made it very clear right off the bat that they weren't the best of friends. Very chippy. On the field. Mm-hmm. Would you say that, Leo? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were best friends before – the game, maybe not such best friends after the game. No, for sure. Um, and even some of the Austin Wild players, not really good friends with our fans here in San Antonio oh, I, either. Let's go back to that again. <laughs> we'll talk about it because we heard some more from Ellen. Yes, we did. Just today, she reached out to us and clarified their position a little bit. Right. So we can talk some about that. But uh, being in a bye week means that we're uh, – things have slowed down. Now we've got players coming back from injury. Yep. I uh, already talked about that. Who are you most excited to see finally take the field? Because all of these guys that you mentioned haven't really been able to be effective. Right. I'm really, I'm really excited to see Pierre Turner out there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Me too. He's supposed to be a key piece of the defense. He's definitely a leader. Uh, I mean, he played a role in this last week's game as far as uh, – being a leader on the sidelines and kind of getting things under control when it started to kind of teeter on the edge there. Yeah, I do love that, that even the players who weren't playing, they still came out to support the team. Yeah, we even saw guys that weren't on the roster anymore, like guys that are not part of the Gunslingers organization. And they were still there supporting their brothers. Came out and supported uh, the players. That's really cool. So if they can do it, you know the fans can do it. Right. Um, So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something a little different. Normally we talk for 20 or 30 minutes before we take a break. We're not going to take a full break, 
But we're going to pause right here. We're going to grab somebody and throw them in front of a mic. I thought maybe we could play a musical chair, sort of like right there. Uh, sure. Put someone else in the hot seat. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I'm seeing a nomination already for the hot seat. We're going to grab somebody, throw them in here. Stick with us. Smoke Guns Podcast. We'll be right back with you here in just a minute. All right. Smoking Guns Podcast. Philip Ingham, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods. And we grabbed somebody. Um, and it's somebody special. Uh, it is the head coach. We caught a good one. Yeah. <laughs> head coach of the San Antonio Gunslingers. The winningest head coach in San Antonio Gunslingers Yay. history. The winningest head I coach in arena again. football. At 2-0. Coach. Coach Quentin Humphrey. We're going to call him Coach Q unless he uh, threatens me, which uh, at that point we're not going to call him that because I'm – I'm a little afraid of this. Well, guy. what do the p- players call you, Coach Q? It's Coach Moore. Q. Coach Q. I've been getting called Coach Q for years. Oh, okay. So when you say years, how many years is that? I think I probably have about thirteen years as a coach. As a coach, awesome. from youth football up to semi-pro, um, did a little bit of IFL uh, arena, uh-huh. and now with the Gunslingers. Awesome. So is that your new nickname, Q and O, because you're undefeated? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like it. I, I like it, but no, I got a lot of work I got to do. Okay. We're just doing hand signals here. I got <laughs> Don't you. Mind I got us. you. We're, we're engineering on the fly because this is a completely new situation for us. Uh, so tell us how this all started for you because this wasn't a normal um, kind of path to become the head coach of an arena team. You didn't know that you would wind up in this seat when all of this started. So um, it all started, I was assistant head coach. A lot of, I'm very quiet. A lot of people didn't know that I was there. Um, and one night we were sitting at practice, giving it to wrap it up. And the general manager, Jonathan, and uh, I call him my big brother, Jason, <laughs> came and called all the players together. And they said that the coaches here are gonna be the ones that's gonna lead you. And from there, I just was, lost the words because then after that they was like coach q is going to be your head coach um i always want the best for you know the leaving coach tony um sure like i said when they came around they basically you know brought him here to be the head coach um his parting you know i just basically had to step up and do what i had to do as a leader from the beginning that's great now, how many years have, did you play football? Um, in what position? So I was a linebacker and fullback, but I got in some trouble. What? So, uh, yeah, so, whoa, whoa. We, so this is the story we need. We need, we need what need, kind of trouble? Okay, yeah, we need the 411 here. <laughs> See, I'm originally from Virginia. Okay. And um, when it came down to it, it was more like, you know, my neighborhood is not always the neighborhood you want to say if the father figure's not there then you gotta basically, you know, you're gonna look at everybody in the streets. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that path as being the easy way. Mm-hmm. And my mom told me, you either do two things, I'm going downtown with you, or you're going in the military. And I chose to go in the military. Oh, good. Um, and I did uh, nine and a half years, got medical retired out as an E5. Oh, well, thank you for your service. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. So, like I said, I've, you know, started a little bit, um, High school, and then went to got went into the practice squad on Norfolk State, 
And after my first year, I just basically just trouble just sent me the opposite way. And what branch of service? I was in the Army. Army, okay. Nice. So what brought you around to coaching? Like what made you decide you wanted to, you wanted to be part of a coaching staff anywhere? Well, I started coaching um, semi-pro. And when I got into semi, when I first moved here to San Antonio in 2010, um, I wanted to basically, you know, I started doing youth football. And then uh, I had a player, one of the coaches was actually on the semi-pro with the um, Gladiators. Gladiators, okay. And he was like, hey, have you ever thought about, you know, being a coach? And I was like, you know, yeah. And I sit up here and I come out there and do whatever y'all need. He's like, Cause we, we always missing coaches. And after a while, you know, I just basically stepped up from being a line coach, offensive, defense line coach, to going from defensive um, coordinator. Then I went to office coordinator. From office coordinator, I went to assistant head coaches. And then I just went up the chain. And then um, before I did the Gunslingers, I went to uh, the San Antonio Knights. And okay. we played under IFL. Um, played the Wild. Played the, the Dorados. Um, played a couple of Houston teams, so I was getting my feet a little wet. Right. And then when Jason came and asked me, hey, um, I got an opportunity for you to come coach. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you come out for the Gunslingers? I just chose that it would be a better opportunity to go ahead and go that way. Now, you mentioned the Wild, so you saw how they played before, and you saw them how they played last week. So did you see a difference in that, or they so, basically played the same dirty <laughs> dirty. Are they so? I would are they normally a dirty team? Is what RC is asking. Nobody right. else. That's what RC is. That's, that's so what I, I, said. Will, I will honestly tell you that the team you've seen this weekend, that past weekend, the team you've seen that past weekend is not the same team I've seen in 2019. Okay. Really? Okay. Now, I will tell you that they were that team that you've seen that um, this past weekend, that past weekend that we played, mm-hmm. is the Dorados. The Dorados, okay. okay. From where? Where were the Dorados from? They're from the Valley. They're basically the head coaches from the Dorados. Most of the players are from the Dorado. So the Austin Wild actually took two teams and brought them to one. Okay. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's a lot of competition out there. And basically, like I said, I don't do I think that they're not going to come with their A game this time? Because they wasn't expecting that the Wild um, the, the Gunslings was actually going to play the way we did. And why do you right. think that? I mean, think about it. We're the underdogs. Okay. I mean, nobody. I mean, we're the only team out there that has three games under our belt. So you got teams that are no preseason games, no type of film. So basically, they see, they feel like they see everything that we're doing. And in the end, you know, we go out here and we basically every week we put it out on the table. Got it. Good information. So you, I've already mentioned that you are more of a uh, quiet guy. Or, or folks around the team would see you and think you're quiet. Is that really you, or is that just? <laughs> I will honestly say that's that's me now. Okay. I have literally. Uh, one of the players told me the other day that, you know, this ain't the old cute John, old coach Q. I know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, because you know, one, you know. Um, Changed my life. Did a lot of things differently, you know, every, if you have not noticed. Um, my beliefs is, and like I posted a picture a couple of weeks ago, we're going to begin with a prayer, we're going to end with a prayer. I saw that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like nice. that. Because basically the one thing about it is we got to, and nothing for against anybody, but 
we're going to basically put God first when we go into battle. Awesome. You know, and that's just how I believe. Sure. Uh, and I love that. I mean, I, you know, anybody that listens to the show on a pretty regular basis knows that I'm in ministry. So um, that's a big deal to me. I love to see that from any group of guys, um, football players or otherwise. Uh, so if you're not, uh, so if you're a quiet guy, how do you, how do you, how does that help you motivate players? Like, how do you find, because there's some coaches that will yell and scream. There are some coaches that will uh, berate and belittle players and make them feel like uh, they can do better. It, it's not, it's not always a good thing, but you know it is a motivation technique. Being a quiet guy, how do you how do you turn that into motivation for players? I believe in you have to motivate players with action. Um, learned a long time in the military. You can't if you yell at me, I'm gonna ignore you. Okay. Now if you go around here, you talk to me and you tell me this is what you've done wrong, you show me what I've done wrong, then I'm going to get a better respect for you and I'm going to get a better opportunity to go ahead and change what I need. And a lot of players see that. I don't yell at my players. I don't literally try to – I don't – I'm human. I may say right. a, a couple of cuss words once or twice. Sure. But in the end, when it comes down to it, I'm going to tell you everything you're doing right and you're going to tell me everything you're doing wrong. I got you. And that's just how my whole leadership is. So you've you've been around the uh, indoor football league circuit a little bit. You've seen you said you were in the IFL um, and now the AAL. Uh, what's your take on the state of indoor football right now? It's it, I, I know uh, in the past it was kind of a, a bigger deal than than it is right now. It's kind of like a rebound on on a rebound type thing where uh, organizations are growing and trying to establish themselves. Uh, what, what's your take on, on, on the position of indoor football right now and what the gunslingers are trying to do right now in San Antonio? I will honestly tell you, when I look at the gunslingers and I look at everything that's going on in the uh, arena side, I feel like we are doing everything correctly. Mm -hmm. You know, we basically, um, we don't have the power trip owners that want to be coaches as well as owners, and I love that about my owners. Um, and they're very passionate, you know. You won't see a group of people that is more passionate than the gunslinger owners. I mean, uh, if I come up to them with concerns, and this ain't nothing I'm trying to get some brownie points, but this is actually true. I mean, because <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't true, I probably would have walked away. But honestly, it's I talk to these guys more now than I ever have because I'm always, I listen to my players and their concerns and their whereabouts and what they want and what they need. And then I take it to the owners. And like I basically said, if I'm going to come with a problem, I got to come with a solution. That's basically what the arena is going through right now. Gunslingers, when we hear about the problem, we heard about the field. Right. right. Sure. Look, look at my owners. They went out there and made a solution. Correct. Um, and it looked great. And it awesome. Looked, it looks amazing. Yep. It looked great. So what do you think our record is going to be? Because I know um, Jason has said 9-0. and but uh, we didn't get that. So what's what's your predicament or what's your pre prediction? Predict? Prediction. My prediction for I know right now they're only taking. We have 15 teams running right now. Okay. We, we literally have to be the top four going into the playoffs. So I'm looking at if I had to predict it, I would say seven and two. Okay. So with 15 play t uh, teams playing in the league and the top four going, um, 
do you feel like with one loss already on your on your record, everything is kind of must win from this point out? Like to control your own destiny, you've got to win what's there. I feel like everything is a must win, but I feel like we have all. I mean, when you look at the schedule, and I'm talking about actually going al.com and you look at their schedule, right? You have teams that are basically coming in. They won't start playing until May. Right. We will literally have before May probably about four or five games, five or six games in. So we literally have to win the the beginning of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I feel like yes? I have a strong possibility we will get to the playoffs. And everybody gonna have to love us and travel with us because right now, like I said, that nine and zero that we need it. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. It's not there. Right. And. But, at this point, have you seen everybody on your schedule, on your regular team, regular season schedule? You have, haven't you? We've seen the teams we're going to play now, With right? With the exception of uh, West Texas. Oh, El Paso. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's they right. haven't West played Texas. their game first game yet because of the uh, field issues. They yeah, have. they're going to play their first game up in North Texas this Sunday on the 11th, and that's going to be online somewhere. You can search it out and find it. Yeah, well, I actually looked up the – I actually um, – Yesterday I was looking at the Thunder because um, they played this past Saturday, and I wrote down everybody with a, that had a win. And right now we're literally um, third in the league, even with okay. one loss. All right. So, like I said, we got a strong possibility of, you know, getting to the playoffs. I'm going to basically keep pushing my guys, keep getting better. And like I said, I wouldn't – with having a good, strong defense coordinator, a strong defense offense coordinator, I feel like it's going to the playoffs. So you talked a little bit about the ownership and you talked about them being really awesome and that you love working for this ownership and all those things you have to say um, <laughs> because, you know, they're, they're like sitting right away. there yeah. um, and they're going to listen. Uh, let's <laughs> exactly right, Jason. That's all the stuff he has to say about the ownership, right? That he loves you guys and y'all are, y'all are great owners and all that. Like that's what he's got to say. <laughs> on the record, yeah. <laughs> on the record. Uh, let's talk about your coaching staff a little bit because what's interesting about this to me is you as the head coach, because of the, the changes that happened right there at the beginning of the season, you didn't have an opportunity to put this staff together. You were kind of handed this staff. This, yes, was, this was a group of guys that um, you just had to deal with what you had. Yes, sir. Um, but I think you're okay with that. Yeah, Tell me a little bit about you guys. I'm definitely okay with that because basically, as you see, when we went to Mississippi, I didn't have my um, defense coordinator. Right. I had to use Herbin. Like, I turned around and said after that game, I praised him because without him, you know, I don't know what our defense would have did, the rotation, right. everything. Um, and I also, like I said, this actually was our first game having um, James actually out there calling. Right. You know, we all sat down and we talked. And like I told him, I'm not a dictator. Sure. I'm somebody that basically I'm going to trust my offense coordinator, I'm going to trust my defense coordinator, and we're going to basically balance this out. Now, I will give you my opinion because basically that's the one thing I feel like as coaches we're men first. As the head coach, what was your opinion when uh, James goes out there and grabs you a couple of penalty flags as the coach, as a – as a defensive coach, he's, he's setting your guys back. What was your opinion as the head coach there? So, honestly, me and James had that conversation this past weekend. Well, yeah, this past weekend, you know, he's actually stuttering for the state board. Right. But I told him, I said, um, you know, you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely told him, I said, you owe me. I said, because of the fact that um, the two penalties that you went above the numbers, you know, we can't do this. And I'm saying, I mean, I understand we get very emotional 
We try to, and then one thing I can't say is, you know, we were fighting two games on there. We were fighting with the Wild and we were fighting with the referees. That's a true statement. And, and I have to honestly say that. Well, and I yeah. mentioned last week on the show that it was a poorly called game from the officials, but it was kind of poorly called both directions. I don't feel like anybody got the, yeah. the benefit out of it. It just was, it, it wasn't a really good a officiated really, game. And that's what I would definitely say. I feel like both teams came out there. They basically did what they did, and we all allowed the referee to put the ball in their court. Sure. Right. Now, did you know any of these coaches before? On my staff? Yes, on your staff. No. no. On, okay. on our staff, no. I mean, basically, like I said, um, I've heard of um, Herbert, mm -hmm. um, but then when I started actually watching his film, amazing defensive player. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when he actually got the ball to basically be office coordinator, mm -hmm. man, me and him was – talking like every day because like I turned around and said I was the office coordinator the defense coordinator the um, special team coach I was when I played when I coached with my first arena team I was everything mm. so literally it was it was a very good experience yeah we know Cheeto for a while and he's just a great guy overall great guy yeah back on a uh, James Stolt just to give him his due and the <laughs> defense um there were multiple times, especially in the first half, where uh, the defense was put in, you know, goal-to-go situations, first and goal, and was able to not only hold up, but actually push the wild back even as far as to the other side of the field. I mean, that's, that's an exemplary example of defense, especially in arena football where it's so – uh, offensively minded, you know the game. The game centers around around the offense. Um, so yeah, he did have those penalties that, that kind of hurt the team, but his defense answered the call qu quite a bit. I definitely did, definitely did. I actually, um, like I told everybody, said we're human, we make mistakes. Yeah. I listen, like I said, I went back and I listened to the films, and like I told him, yeah, it was kind of embarrassed to hear Coach, you know, <laughs> Coach Cutie to get not just get his players, but get his coaches. Yeah, but you know what, for it was different in Mississippi. I mean, I would tell anybody what? it was a lot different in Mississippi. This yes. was uh, this wasn't a, a rival game in Mississippi. This was a rival game, and I felt like the referees should have known that this was going to be a rival game. Um, now that I'm hearing things that happened in the game, am I more disappointed? Yes, because of the fact that every time when we went into the halftime, and I told them. We're zero zero. I don't care what the score is right now. Yeah, we're up, but we're zero zero mm -hmm. because I knew that the wow, I knew the owners, I knew the coaching staff, I knew what they're capable of. They were going to come out there and basically show up, show us that they can't get a play ball in that. Basically, as you see, you know, um, a lot of calls got called back, and then some plays that they actually got interceptions actually stores. So I, I give them, like I said, props what props is due. And how much do you think the fans? Uh, participate or interfere with the game? Interfere? Interfere? <laughs> well, well there, was, there was that whole thing with the referees. Yeah, with the referees so, and all that. So basically his thing was, and like I turned around and I asked the ref because um, when you go to any type of sport event, basketball, NFL, the fans, are, is, that's their job, to right. be loud, to have fun, to get into it. We're in a smaller establishment, so it's more – it's more to I me mean, you're there right. so for you to tell me to blow your whistle to come tell me the next time our announcer calls defense he gonna throw a flag i felt like that was a punch in the face 
Right, that's what I right. meant. You know, they you know, were. I felt like that's a punch in the face because if you go look at anybody, you know, you hear the people say defense. You hear, you know, you even I, I made a joke with my old lady that you know you play in um, NBA 2K. They right. sit up there saying defense. So <laughs> how can you punish us right. for something that the fans are doing? Exactly. It's part of the sport. It's a part of the sport. Yeah. So without looking around the room to see who's here, uh, tell us about your players. Tell us about the players that you really enjoy coaching, the ones that you've really connected with up to this point. Because you've been with these guys since the beginning. I've been with these guys from the beginning. And I'll honestly tell you, and I'm not, the one guy that really stands out out of every all. 30 players that I have on my squad. Yeah. I will actually say it's Cam Johnson. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, and the reason why Cam Johnson stand out for me is because he is humble. He's one of them guys that basically, he's no, he's not the biggest guy on there. And he's no, he's probably wet a buck 50. <laughs> <laughs> but he will amazingly do some things in practice that I'd be like, did he just catch that? You know what I'm saying? And it's not against any of my other players, but it's just the fact that, you know, if anybody noticed, Cam played the first two games and he sat down mm-hmm. the third game. And that was because of my call. Right. But like I turned around, I told you, as men, we make emotional mistakes. And he made emotional mistakes in Mississippi, and I had to, I literally had to punish him, but literally he stood there by his brothers and was right there side-by-side side on the sideline with him, cheering him on, sure. pushing him and everything. Um, somebody else that basically stand out that I just thought was going to be one of them old cats that just still won his little glory. Yeah. But he actually shows me Joey Fisher. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Joey's one of them um, guys that basically, like, he's up there up in age with me. Uh, I'm not going to say close to me. <laughs> I'm not going to say close to me. But, you know, he, he literally impressed me, especially when – I was so mad that they called. I mean, he hurdled over. The oh, guy. man. Oh, yeah. That There's was, a, um, like, literally, I watched that about four times. Like, did he just hurdle? A, you know, because. It's like, a great play that doesn't exist, you know, because of a penalty. Because of a penalty. A, a so, like play. I said, I mean, I definitely appreciate all my players. I mean. All like right. So, that's, yeah, that's fun. Oh, you like players. Great. Um, <laughs> here's the one I want. Tell me about the player that if they didn't have the talent level they did, they, they just. They push your buttons. They get on your nerves. They know how to. Put Tell me about those players. players. He, he wants the four one one pretty much. So the so the player that would get up that gets on my nerves. Yeah. I'm I honest. mean, you still love those players. Don't I get still, me wrong. You I still, still love, love those guys, but there are guys that get on your nerves. That just know how to push your buttons. Who, who is it? William Sorry. Richardson. William <laughs> Richardson. Oh, boss. Oh, all the way down on the airplane pool. <laughs> like, literally, like, I love the kid, man, but I'm telling you, like. Oh, he's making his way over here now. Uh, oh, here he stopped his foot here. He said it this way. <laughs> he wants to come here with Coach Q, but honestly, man, the young man's very, like, you know, he's a hard player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I commend him on, you know, he, he showed us when he basically got cut. Yep. That he wanted we were, to come we out were here. There. Yep. And for me to basically see that, it shows me every day that basically, like, this, this man wants to be better than his old self. True. True. And that's any person. If you feel like, like, when you step up to the gunslinger, you got to look at saying that we're professionals. Mm-hmm. 
and we don't we get rid of the semi-pro mindset we get rid of the youth football set we get rid of the backyard football and we have to look at it and say if you can't stand beside your brother and protect your quarterback which is the position that he plays right. or step in and become a fullback then why do i need you on this team and he proves that yo coach i want to be here Right. I want to. So, yeah, for him to get into the back of my skin and my hair lift up, <laughs> I still say that young man, basically, I see him going places. Right, so. right. I know when we were now, there, when they first signed, it was Roller, it was uh, Williams, and it was Armand. And those guys are still with the team. Right. And to see the difference, the growth between those three, those th- young men, you know what I mean? Even like the, even the way their body changed and they got ready for the, um, for the whole season. It was amazing. Yes. I mean, it really so is. we talk about which players get under your nerves, uh, get under your skin or get on your nerves. Uh, same question about the ownership group. No, I'm oh just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm about to say, I, I, look, I, I ain't answering that. He still that. wants a job. Look, I know? ain't answering that. I ain't answering that one. Yeah, he was going to literally put you in the hot seat. I mean, you can look around the room for that one and but decide honestly, who's not There's here. a lot of finger pointing going on in I, here right I, I now. It seemed to all be going to the same person. Look, but I we don't say who that you, is. Being honest with you, man, Jason is like, man, he is, um, he's like that little big brother that you don't want. <laughs> you know, he gonna, he gonna get on your nerves He gonna call you and ask you for favors And you like, man, you know there's other people But hey, you know what, by all means I got you You know what I'm saying I, I think I've seen Jason at his worst um, Prior to our first game uh-huh. Like literally It was like, I seen him and I seen Hector And I said, man, I felt bad for I, I got to tell you, the, the time that I saw Jason that I was like, woof, uh, was not the before the first game, it was after. I, I think if that had been a win, it would have felt a lot different. Like, there were a lot of things that needed to be improved and things, and we've gone over all of that. But winning cures a lot, and had that That's been true. a win, I think it would have felt a lot better. But seeing him run across Jason, Hector, all those guys, after the game, after a loss, it was not – I, I didn't want to hang around with them, and I usually want to be around them. I didn't want to be around them. <laughs> I feel like – to be honest with you, I feel like that, that loss did one thing to everybody. It showed us that we had a lot to fix. It showed that we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And it showed ownership that we have to, one, trust our players, trust our coaches. Mm-hmm. And we can't, and I'm going to be honest with you, we can't put the power in one person. That's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's now to the point that it is a, we have a general manager, we're going to use our general manager. True. There's a saying, you can learn two things from every situation, what to do and what not, not to, to do. do. Right. And it was very much a learning experience. Yes. Well, and you see great teams, uh, oftentimes, we're talking about the NCAA uh, college championship tonight. I a team like Gonzaga that's gone undefeated, I, I feel like they're at a disadvantage a little bit, although the other night when they almost uh, you know, gave it up against UCLA helps. Um, but sometimes you need a loss. Sometimes you need to take a loss so that you can turn to your players, turn to your coaches, turn to your ownership and go, anybody ever want to feel like this again? You don't want to feel like this anymore. Yeah, because I feel like, you know what, if we would if we would have predicted the nine and one, like Jason said, right, and we'd have went and played nine and zero. Yeah, my Jason's bad, my bad. I'm sorry, nine and zero, like Jason said, and we would have went into playoffs. Like we don't know exactly what we're going up against right. when we go up to the East Coast right. or they come here. So I'd rather for us to see how a loss feels, and now it becomes like I got 
use this term, but I got some dogs that I'm telling you, they're ready to eat. Like it's everything is by the time we get off the field, I'm tired, my coach is tired, my players are basically like coach. I gave you my all, and that's all I'm asking for. Perfect. Now for next season, who are we planning to play, or what other teams, or do you see a difference? Can we get through one first? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so excited look, I'm you said, one because you said the East Coast, and I see know that. there's a team in Chicago hey, that hey, I would I'm, love to, look, to go I'm, to I'm visit. Just, I'm just trying to basically now just keep this position. <laughs> all right, all right. And I'm thinking big. I'm thinking big, and, I, and I'm thinking big too because basically, like I said, I was telling my um my girlfriend that basically, like you know, I don't know what the game plan is for next year. But if it's not me coaching, it's me basically still to be a part of this organization. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not sitting up here saying that I am. I'm, they may have a vision for someone that has five, six, four championship arena championships under their belt that say they want to come to San Antonio. And I'm not the type of person that says don't put the best person in a leadership position. But I also will say if you can't sit down and talk to that person and that person can't take the word I out of their sentence, mm -hmm. then that person's not for you. And for me, I don't, I don't, it's not about I. You know, it's about the team. It's about this brotherhood. It's about building. It's about we take every loss and every yard that we didn't gave up, every touchdown we gave up, and we go to practice. And our practice are structured to make everybody better. Got it. Well, Coach, uh, we're excited about – Everything that's going on. We're third away through the season. We're two and one. You're two and zero. Oh. Yes, sir. Um, you you haven't lost a game yet. How about that? Uh, Q and O. That's the <laughs> if I had pom poms, I'd be shaking them. I love it. Uh, we're excited to see what happens here next week. Uh, you expect Austin to bring something different, something new? They better. Okay, <laughs> I love that. They better. All right, well, we're going to take a break right there. When we come back, we'll have somebody else sitting in this seat because uh, why not talk to everybody? Uh, we'll be right back with you. Smoking Guns Podcast. Stick right with us. Smoking Guns Podcast is excited to be in at JD's Bar and Grill right now. Like, we're recording this there. We are. Uh and so now we can actually, yeah, we can talk a little bit about it. So you got your margarita. I finally got my margarita. You did. It was um, yummy. It's, as you see, it's empty right now. They got drinks. They got food. Uh, usually. <laughs> they had, um, let me see, wings. They had mozzarella sticks. Yeah, you got the menu right there. Yeah. They had jalapeno And I'm going to throw it around. How about that? Yeah. Uh, hot dogs, a Polish dog, chicken fajita. Chicken fajita tacos. I don't know if you missed that, tacos. huh? Uh, wings. All that kind of stuff going on, air fryer wings. Um, come on out and check this out when you have some sort of uh, sports event. They got TVs all over the place you can watch. We were watching the Spurs game earlier. Sorry about that. Spurs fans, it didn't work out real well against Cleveland. Uh, but that's okay. And here in a few minutes, I'm sure they're going to have the uh, NCAA championship game coming up. Um, just a great place to sit and enjoy. They got plenty of tables. They got your pool table over yeah, there. Yeah, a couple of the players were uh, playing pool. I think uh, Roland was out there. William was out there playing. playing no one invited pool. me. I don't know why. They got a dart I could have smoked them. This is just a great place. If, if you're looking for that sports bar that uh, you can go to and hang out at, and it's not. Um, it's chill. It's, yeah, yeah. It's not corporate, cool. and it's not, you know. I got nothing against Buffalo Wild Wings or some of those kind of places, sort of but like sometimes a cheers, it's a little like a cheers, much. You know? This is yeah. much nicer. This is much more of a uh, 
your kind of bar feel. It's something Easy that's parking. built for their folks. Right. Parking is great. Uh, they are on 410 at the Rigsby exit, uh, just across from Security Services, right over where Walmart is. Come check out JD's Bar and Grill. They got drink specials. They got food specials. They got a little stage we're set up on where they can do their uh, live music on the weekends that they have here oh. from time to time. Live music, live podcasts. Go give them a like on Facebook. We, Come check them out. And you get a, cu- a glass when you order the Stella. Yeah. On Tuesdays. On Tuesdays. It's a, it's a Tuesday special. Yeah. Oh, I'll have there to come go. back here next Tuesday. Uh, so come check out JD's Bar and Grill. Monday. I got my day mixed up. Yeah, you did. What day is it? <laughs> Today it's, is it's Monday. Monday. Oh, it is Monday, right. We love the fact that they're a sponsor of us. We also love our other sponsor, Teardrop Pepper Company. <gasps> love them. Oh, yeah. I was hoping to get a big cheer from the crowd there. Cheer, cheer from the crowd. Teardrop Pepper Company. Right. All right. Well. Yeah, uh, we got one. We got one. <laughs> Teardrop Pepper Company is uh, still making their hot sauce up there in the Austin area. They have Golden Habanero. They have the Supreme Serrano, and it is incredible. I don't. I, I have not met anybody yet that has tasted it, that has tried it. And even with like peanut it. butter. I need more. I need more. I need more. <laughs> Jason needs more. Uh, you know how you can get more, Jason? You can go online to teardroppeppergo.com, use the offer code ARENA, and save 10% on your order. And don't just order a bottle. No. Like, there's no point in ordering a bottle. Order four, at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two of each. And get them out there. Chris and his wife, Sarah. Sarah. Are making that hot sauce up there in Austin. And they're ready to ship it down to you. It'll get to you fast. It'll be amazing. It goes on anything and everything. Um, in fact, we're going to talk in a few minutes uh, to a guy who puts it on something a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And he says it's amazing. I can't wait to try it. I'm so going to try it. Stick with us. Uh, go to teardroppepperco.com. Follow them on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Teardrop Pepper Co. Use the Africa Arena. Save 10%. Go do it right now. Smoking Guns Podcast, Philip Pinkham, Alan, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods. And we're sitting here with... Uh, Leo, I'm going to let you do this because this is one of your players. This is one of the guys you talk about most often. I'm going to let you intro and ask the first question. I don't do that very often. I'm going to let you do that because this is your guy. This is one of your guys. Yeah, Mr. Joey Fisher, he, you are one of the guys that from the very – not the very beginning because you were coming back from injury uh, when we got started in the practice field and everything. But the first time I saw you actually take the practice field, I was like, whoa, who is this guy? I was like, that's Joey Fisher out there. And I, I was like, this, this is a guy to watch out for. And your first game out, you kind of showed a, a little bit of what I saw on the practice field and what I told people to, to look out for. Uh, number 88, uh, Joey Fisher. So I was going to ask you, 88, any significance of that for, for you? Or? None at all. Because, you know, that's a big wide receiver number. Nah, they just threw me in the jersey the first day. You know? Oh yeah, okay, okay. I was wondering if there was any influence uh, from from nah. anyone in particular, maybe the Cowboys wide receiver or uh, somebody yeah. else. No? I'm a fanatic. Yeah. I, I love Dez, you know, but I just that just threw the number on I me. Mean, I'm a big guy, so they just said. Oh, see, I think '88 Cowboys. I don't even think of Dez first. I don't think Irvin. I think of Irvin first. Maybe Drew mm. Pearson. I don't get to Dez until four or five. <laughs> nah, I, just, I think my body's frame fits the day's whole persona, the 88. That's why they threw it to me. I'm thinking, you know, I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. That's all it was. Now, are you gotcha. from here in San Antonio? No, no, I'm from Caldwell, Texas, 979. Oh, how'd you get, how'd you get to San Antonio? <laughs> uh, I came down here following my brother. 
know, uh, I just want to be closer to him. So oh, just, what's your brother doing here? No, nah, he's not here anymore. He's back home. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so you followed him and then he yeah, left and then you stayed. Him, found him and then he <laughs> left. So I just stayed. There you go. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you're here. Thank you. And how did you hear about the the uh, the gunslingers? How did that come about? Well, uh, Jason's friend Yvette, so she told me about the team, and I didn't believe it was gonna happen because it never really does. And then I saw him like on a, like a, on a post on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, I was gonna reach out, and then just happened that David Olvera, the quarterback, mm -hmm. he was uh, already out there. He reached out to me first, you know. So I guess okay. God faith hooked us up. So. So you played with David before? Yeah, three cool. seasons with the San Antonio Warriors. Oh, okay. Very cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been waiting to hook up with him for a while. So. So the yeah. first couple of games, you were inactive. You were injured, right? Yeah, yeah. Dealing with some injury, but you got a chance to get out there against the Wild. Let me start there first and say, uh, what do you think about the Austin Wild? <laughs> uh, they're physical. They uh, understand. Little, they they could very well listen to this. Like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. No, they're, they're physical. They're little nasty guys. I like nasty football. They're dirty, right? Sometimes. I'm gonna say dirty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I like physical play. A little toughness. A little, a little jaw jacking. That's cool with me, you know. But the, the physical fighting stuff. Now that's that's no place for that. But you know, I got a couple of friends over there that play. You know, number seven. Yeah. Uh, Preston Jackson. I went to uh, college with him, so I know he's a dog. He's gonna give us all he got. So. I was interested and I was excited to play. So you had two plays. We talked about this just before yep. uh, I think we started recording that one, one stood, one counted, and I want to go through that here in a minute. But I want to talk first about the one that didn't, uh, which got called back on a, on a holding call, and it was a phantom holding. I didn't see it. I, I saw nothing, yeah. But, I mean, officials are what they are, and you can't do anything about that. Um, but you actually got to hurdle over – uh, a player to make it into the end zone on a play that ultimately doesn't stand. Take us through that play for a second. Like, do you remember it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course oh, yeah. he does. Come on now. <laughs> well, uh, like I said, I've played with David, and I, I know him like back of my hand. I know what he's looking for. Yeah. And the moment I saw him rolling to his right, I already knew, go to the wall, go to the sideline. He's going to hit me. And he found me, and I turned on the field, and I saw the guy. I knew he didn't want to be, get there with me anyways. He, I've been giving him some physical play all game, so I saw him getting ready to lower down, so I was like, I'm going to jump over him. And then I, this is this is serious. I saw the photographer in the back of the end zone, so I just jumped <laughs> over in the air. So I wanted that shot, and I ended up getting it. <laughs> and we got it. Yeah, yeah we got Good it. Looking shot. Gave him the shot. Yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm taking that one. Uh, when you do something like that, when you, when you put a play together like that, I mean, you don't know in the moment whether there was actually a penalty or not. You mm -hmm. just know it's getting called back. What does that feel like? I was energized. I was like, oh, I feel good. You know, I'm not even tired. And Let's then, do it again? Yeah. Is that, but then I saw the flag, and I was instantly tired. I was like, God, dang, this sucks. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, man. Uh, the other play uh, is the uh, extra point attempt that turned into a two-point conversion where you received. I have pom-poms. I'd be shaking them. <laughs> where you received the pass uh, to score the two points from Manny Nunez, the kicker. Mm -hmm. Um, which was not the plan. That, that's not how y'all had that play, no, play drawn up. We yeah. didn't talk nothing before the play. I actually uh, forgot who's beside me to, the, to my right, but I leaned into him and I was like, hey, uh, this guy's big, so chip me, help me. Right. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're one on one. <laughs> so so the, the snap gets fumbled, the kick gets fumbled, whatever. It winds up at Manny's feet. He reaches down and picks it up. You turn around and look and see what's going on in the backfield. Um, it's pretty clear on the video that you recognized what was going on and you just squirt out to get in an open area. Yeah. What are you thinking? 
Uh, well, it's the thing I went through in college a lot, you know, when I played for the Lynn Buccaneers. Yeah. Because uh, when a bobble snap on a kick, call fire, and you just roll out. And okay. you can look for the ball, and Manny just threw a heads-up play, threw it to the open spot in the back of the end zone. That's why I, I ran yeah, to Yeah, and he so. made it easy to catch. Like, oh, it was yeah. just a pitch-and-catch kind of thing. Uh, there he, wasn't anybody around you, and he just kind of laid it up there for yeah, you. Yeah, right in the bed basket. He knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> it, it was pretty exciting. And, it was. And an important play, it turned an eight-point lead into a ten-point yeah, lead, right. which, which kind of sealed the game at that point. Mm-hmm. You play the same team um, after both of you have a bye week. Uh, what do you expect to see them come in with? Because like, in the same – like, there's so much about this that I find interesting. It's in the same building, same two teams. Both of you had a bye week. Um, do you expect them to change up oh. much, or do you expect them to play the same kind of ball that they played there in the second half and, and maybe try to put a full game together like that? I know they're going to make adjustments. Every team does. They would be foolish if they didn't because we were rolling the first half. We just – got to keep it keep it going in the second yeah. half and if they don't come out with some fire the first half we're going to put them away that's the end of the story right there they got to come out the way they came out in the second half okay. that's all i can say about them right like philip says it's kind of like a, a half time where we came out and they got punched in the mouth that first half mm-hmm. of that first game and then they came out and to some extent it's like we the gunslingers got punched in the mouth that second half but dug in and were able to pull out that that win with some plays at the end um so this coming week it's almost like like philip says where it's halftime and we kind of don't know what to expect we know there's going to be some adjustments on both sides but the one thing that we kind of know for sure is that both teams are going to come out uh like dogs hungry oh yeah well we got something to prove this is this is a robbery to me already just it's already in the making so I feel like we're taking over 35, but we can put them away. And they're coming down. They don't want that to happen. So Yeah, I really feel yeah. like both teams finished that game last Monday night and said we could have done better. Like we, yeah. we could have we played a better game. So you both have area to uh, improve. And I'm hoping we don't have the same reps. Oh, man. No, I actually know White Hat from semi-pro when I played. He was – I don't want to doubt what I'm talking about. He just made some questionable calls every time I played with the guy. Oh, really? really? So, yeah, it's – Wow, I didn't, I didn't prove it. Yeah, my understanding is the crew was actually the same crew from Mississippi, Mississippi with a different white hat. Is that right? No, that's no, not correct. It's the same, same crew from uh, the first game. Okay, same crew from game one. Um, yeah, I was, I was just not impressed. I, it's one thing to make bad calls. It's another thing to gather each other, you know, gather your crew up for uh, 15, 20, 25, 30 seconds and still make a bad call. Yeah. Um, that just gets annoying to me as a fan. Uh, you know, if you're going to make a bad call, make it quickly so that we can move on and continue playing. Yeah. Uh, so, Joey, what, um, what are you most excited to do this season? What's the one thing you're looking for? Like, you, you don't have that first touchdown yet. But it's you got coming. The, it's coming. Uh, I it's know coming. it is. <laughs> no, I, there's no yeah. doubt in my mind that it They're is. Coming. Um, but what are the things that you're most excited about accomplishing this season? Me or as like a team as a whole? Yes. I'm a team, guys. So like, I just want to <laughs> see us get rolling. Like, I, I really see in practice when we're hot, we're hot. You know, it's, it's roller coaster to me. Like, I feel like that's a good thing. One day the defense is, is digging into us, and the next day the offense is digging into us. And if, if it's offense all the time, you know, defense has a problem. They got some stuff to fix. But it's back and forth. And I know when we get in the game and we get jailed at the right time, we're going we're gonna to just blow right through people. I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop us. Who's your biggest fan? 
My mom, I hope. That's right. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Oh, my, mom, I hope. my mom, I hope. I hope so too, Joey. I really do. Well, Joey, we're excited about seeing what you're going to do on the field, what the other guys on uh, the offensive side, and really all of the gunslingers are going to do. We appreciate you taking some time. We're going to grab somebody else. Oh, yes, please. Uh, Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Joey. Smoking Us Podcast. We'll be right back with you in just a second. Smoking Guns Podcast, Philippine Malam, R.C. Woods, Leo Yamas. We are out at JD's Bar and Grill. Having a great time with some Gunslingers fans and friends and players. And we got another one. And drinks. And drinks. Drinks, yeah. Listen to that. You could be here, but you're not. But somebody that is here is uh, Caleb Rowan, number 76. Yeah, no, Three. that's 73. 76 is William. Yeah. Uh, nobody wants to talk to William right now. We already heard about him. <laughs> He's not even paying any attention to me. No, he sure isn't. Yeah. Uh, 73, Caleb Roller, you're on the offensive line. You've yes, been with sir. the team since the very first signing day. I was very there. First. You were there. Uh, we talked to you. You've been on the show before, but just a real brief real amount brief. of time. Yes, sir. Um, so what? Uh, what's new? What, what do you think so far? You're three games into a nine-game season. You're a third of the way there. Um, how are you feeling at this point? I'm feeling great. Honestly, it's, it's a big difference, you know, not playing any college ball, you know. Sure. Going straight from high school to, you know, arena football. It's a huge difference. Uh, a lot more is expected. A lot more uh, dedication required to being on this team. Uh, I'm, I'm loving it. You know, it, it's so much fun being able to play football with people I trust and, you know, I call brothers. So, I'm having a blast. It's nothing but love and fun. Yeah, you've been kind of one of the underdog stories from the get-go on this. Like you said, not having played uh, any college experience, not any semi-pro or anything like that like a lot of these other guys have. Um, yet here you are. We're three games into the season, and you're starting right tackle. Yes, sir. Uh, from the from the get-go. Yes, sir. From game one. Yep. Uh, what's, what's that been like? I mean, your expectations coming in and – and just what you've learned and how you've grown, like where would you where would you put yourself out now, and what are your expectations at the end of the season? Honestly, right now, as of experience-wise, I don't have a third of what all these other players have that I'm teammates with. You know, they've played at you know a secondary level. I'm high school level from Corpus Christi, Texas, so Woo-hoo. it's a huge, huge difference in play. Uh, as of right now, I feel like I'm not bad, but I'm not where I want to be personally. I feel like there's so much more room to grow for me as a player and an athlete. Um, as overall, you know, I'm loving it. You know, it's so much fun. Now, you're one of the younger guys on the team too, right? The youngest, I believe. Oh, wow, okay. Only 22. Oh, my, you are young. And so what do you see the difference between the arena football and, like, the regular football? Has it been harder, the adjustment? I mean, it really hasn't been uh, that much of an adjustment. It's just a lot faster pace. There's more physicality to a a certain aspect, you know. In normal 11-man, you don't get thrown into a wall. You don't get hit. So (laughs) it's it's a huge difference. And, you know, 11-man, there's just a lot more space and, you know, you have a lot more people on the field that can make up for you making a mistake or, you know, not completing your block or your assignment. So it's definitely a difference from 11-man, but 
nothing but learning from my aspect of it. In the three games that you've played up to this point, how many times have you walked back to the huddle and looked at David or maybe even Nate in the eye and said, sorry about that, that was my bad? Honestly, there's a couple. Uh, I'd say, honestly, probably five or six times. Okay. Just, you know, being under-experienced, you know, not knowing how to cope with the faster defensive ends or the the stunts that they pull. But, you know, it's football. You, you live and you learn if you don't fix it you know you don't play so it's just been you know practice make perfect so it's a hit or miss right now you brought some people with you tonight yes there's actually folks here with who's with you is my mom and my older brother nice nice we did that uh, mom to mom with your mom yes ma'am i feel so close to her and to you because of that though (laughs) yes ma'am when you were playing at the last game when they were being kind of rough on you, I kept yelling, don't you hurt my roller. <laughs> yeah, I believe I heard it from the other side when, they, uh, you did? Okay, when I good. got ganged up by a couple of them. Yeah, I, I believe I heard something, don't mess with rollers. Yeah, so. That was yeah. me. That I mean, was me. And then when we went to Mississippi, I don't know if you saw him, but we saw him. And we noticed there was a guy that played for Mississippi, could have been your brother. Like, yes. he looked a yes. lot like you. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, uh, after the game, you know, we ended up meeting and, you know, I told him, I was like, it was bound to happen. We needed to. So, you know, we, we just kind of chatted up, you know, real good guy. He's a good athlete, but at the end of the day, you know, it's business. Right. You know, we went there for a win and we came back with it. So fortunately we, we got the job done. So awesome. So as a player, you've gotten a win on the road. You've gotten a win at home. You'll take any win, but which one felt better? Honestly, the win at home. The win yeah. at home. Why? Because it felt like a redemption for the first game that we did lose against uh, North Texas. And, you know, we were able to be in front of our family, our loved ones, and our friends. So it, it, was, it was redemption, honestly. How excited are you here in uh, about four weeks, I think, uh, maybe it's five, North Texas comes back to mm-hmm. San Antonio. Uh, honestly, do you have that circled? Is that a game you guys are looking at? We've been looking at it. I mean, we, we've been looking at every single game. Sure. You know, it's we're a first-year team like some of these other teams are. So we really have the chip on our shoulder of something to prove. So every game's circled. Every game's important for us. But that first game, you know, we lost, and we've been working our tails off to get back to the point to where we could play them and for sure secure the win. Who's the guy on your defense in practice that you're very glad you don't have to play against? Honestly, there's there's not very many. Honestly, it's if anybody, it'd have to be Pierre. Okay. We, me and him have had our share of run-ins at practice. Sure. I know ownership's seen him when we do our zone rights. You know, he's crashing down to the right side, and me and him collide, you know, and that for us that we stop. You know, we, we realize, you know, there's no good coming after that initial hit. So if I had to choose anybody, it'd probably be Pierre or Cody. Okay. One of the two. Yeah, they're big guys too. Yeah. Um, what is your hope going through this season? Well, what do you hope to accomplish this season? Like, what do you want to see for you or for your team this season? Ideally, you know, we like to come back uh, to San Antonio at the end of the season with – you know, a championship, but sure. if that's not feasible, you know, a winning record. Okay. And the experience of, you know, we did our best, we gave everything we got on that field, and, you know, come back next season and do better. 
you went through a coaching change uh, there from game one to game two. Now, I, we don't have to talk about were things terrible before or are they better now. Um, what are the positives coming out of that moving from Coach Tony over to Coach Q? Honestly, the biggest difference for me is the schedule. We keep an itinerary. Coach Q has made it very important that we keep on schedule and we keep a planned and organized practice. So it's a blessing. It's more professional, I guess you could say. Okay. Uh, but Coach Q's been, it honestly, it's the best coaching change I've ever experienced personally. You know, it's like nothing ever really changed per se. Uh, it's just been all for the better, in my opinion. Now, how did you find out about the Gunslingers? Because you were in high school and then a couple of years passed, and then how did you hear about this opportunity? So we moved back up to San Antonio from Corpus. I believe it was late 2018, early 2019, and I Mom played. Is, Mom is nodding. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, we ended up getting back up here. We lived in Stone Oak, and my uh, middle school best friend, uh, was playing for the semi-pro team that Coach Tony was coaching at the time, the San Antonio Titans. All right. And, you know, we played half a season, and then COVID hit. So that shut down our season. And, you know, the season ended, so we just kept working out. You know, we do football workouts, you know, drills, stuff like that. And then I believe it was July, I got a call from Coach Tony and you know he just basically told me you got a private invite to the the combine so you know come prepared be ready so you know i busted my butt from that day till the combine and thankfully and i'm here so i can't yeah. complain you know if i if i had to give credit to anybody it'd be tony just for inviting me over sure. to the mm -hmm. combine right. you know with all things aside, I, I thank him for inviting me personally to the Combine, uh, knowing I've never played a secondary level of football. Right. But, you know, I, I, I thank him every day for that because I'm able to live out my childhood dream of playing football and getting a paycheck for it. Right. And that's awesome. So being able to make that jump, not a, not a lot of people can make a, a jump like that, like you've had this opportunity. What's been the biggest change in your life? Uh, the biggest adjustment for you going from, you know, just high school experience and now being a professional, you know, football player? The biggest difference would honestly have to be the dedication you put into it. You, you have more effort that you have to put, you know, you have to put in the dedication to actually prove to your coaches that you're, you're worth the chance they took. So... That's honestly the biggest change that I've experienced, but in total, it's probably just going to be the, the jump. You know, going from high school, it's, you know, you play 11-man football, you know, and especially since I was in Corpus, you know, that's yeah. small town, you know, everybody's there, you know, it's... You played at Veterans Memorial in Corpus? Veterans Memorial right? Corpus Christi, yeah. yes, sir. Now, what advice would you give a kid from Corpus um, who wants to become a professional player? What advice would you give them? Um, you know, someone who's just starting off? Honestly, the advice I would give is dig deep down into your heart and figure out if you want to, you know, further your football potential. Because it's not something you, you can just decide, oh, I want to do it today but not tomorrow. You know, it's, it's something that's going to be a full-time job. You, you have to be willing to put in the work to do it every day. So 
biggest advice I'd probably say is figure out whether you really want to play it at another level or not. And if you do, chase it till you can't. So that's honestly the, the best piece of advice I could probably give to a kid. That's Excellent. good. Well, we know you guys want to go get something to eat. <laughs> because offensive linemen always want to go get something to eat, and there's always. nothing wrong with that. Big yes, rig. Um, we're going to let you do that. Uh, Caleb, it's been exciting to watch you so far, and we're excited to see where the rest of the season takes you. Thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. Thank you. And don't mess with my roller. <laughs> Smoking on this podcast. Stick with us. We'll be right back with another one here in just a second. Smoking Guns Podcast, Filipino Mom, Leo y- Yamas. No. How many RC beers have Woods. you had? That's just one. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We are sitting down and talking with some gunslinger players out here at JD's Bar and Grill. And now we've got uh, number zero. And that's not, uh, th- that's, that was your choice, right? Yeah, it's been my number since I was in Semi Pro. Sean, Sean Mueller. Am I yeah. saying it right? Yep. Because that's how I've been saying it on the broadcast, yeah. so I sure hope that's right. <laughs> Normally, it would have the, the umlauts right. above the U, but yep. since it's not in the... I took four years of German. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yep. I'm sorry. I passed three years of German. It took me four years to get through it. Oh, I only yeah. did two. Story. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's not talk in German because no. uh, I don't think either one of us are ready for that. <laughs> I honestly forgot everything. Mom laughed. <laughs> I can quote Rammstein. That's about it. Uh, I can count to five. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf. I think. Yeah. That, that <laughs> no, was close. It right. yeah. was really close. Okay. The uh, five was off, but. Uh. Right. So you get one of the more interesting things uh, to do when you play. Uh, you get to start back behind the line most plays, mm-hmm. and you get to uh, go into motion. Yeah. It, tell me what that's like, because that's not, that, that is something unique to the indoor game. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um, I, I had to get used to it because obviously I, right. I haven't done that before, but um, it actually kind of works out in our advantage. Oh, because, yeah. Yeah, because especially like if you're a faster guy and I mean, you get a running start. So uh, for I sure. Mean, How hard is it to get that timing down, though, because the ball has <laughs> to snap as you're crossing the line of scrimmage. I think they give you maybe a yard leeway yeah but it, I imagine it, that's kind of tough it took us a couple weeks but i mean once you once you figure it out it's really not that bad the only thing that takes timing still to this day is like when we do the uh the running plays right like the motion with the running play that's really the only thing that we have trouble with so there are there ever times that you get in the motion you cross the line, the ball gets snapped, and you're like, I was beyond that yard or whatever oh, yeah. they gave me. <laughs> yeah, I don't – there's definitely a play in the last game. I'm sure you can see it if you watch it back, but I was kind of looking back like there's no way I – There's no way you didn't play me on that? <laughs> yeah. I like that they give you a little leeway. It's certainly part of the right. game. Yeah. Uh, and it's a unique part of the game. I think it's something that makes the indoor game a lot of fun, having that guy in motion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's – I mean, the, the job of a defensive back is hard enough yeah. mm-hmm. w- without being able to go in motion, mm-hmm. you know, forward past the line of scrimmage. That makes that guy's job that much harder to, okay. defend, to defend someone who's in your position going in motion. Uh, and I know a big part of any defensive back's game is 
the talk. Yeah. Like they, they, they're jawing back and forth with whoever they're guarding as they're talking. Do yeah. you do you find that? Like is there is there is there a lot of talking going on between oh, yeah. you and the defensive backs? Definitely, yeah. There there is a definitely a lot more because this is my this was my second game and mm-hmm. the Mississippi game was my first game. There was a lot more talking in this Austin game than the last one. Yeah, we noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, it was. It, it kind of got a, a bit excessive. The Mississippi game, it felt like both teams like really respected each other and like, uh-huh. hey, you know, we're both trying really hard and we appreciate what you guys are doing and, uh, you know, whatever. This this last game against Austin, it was like we don't like you. They walked into the <laughs> building like we don't like you. The yeah. Mississippi none game, none of us, none of us, felt like it was kind of like a gentleman's contest. Right. And the wild game was like wild. a backyard fight, like yeah, a brawl. The Mississippi game, I think it was. We were still at that, like, this is new stage, yeah. you know? Sure. And then the Austin game, it was kind of like some of those guys we actually knew, right? Mm. So it was kind of more... More personal? Yeah, I think it's a little more personal. Is there anybody, uh, and realize, I mean, they might listen, uh, is there anybody on that Austin Wild side of things that you're ready to see here in a week and line up against again and, and make them look silly? Like, is there anybody that you're kind of... And you don't even have to say a name. I, you could just say, yeah, there I is. know him by number, but I don't know him by name. Okay. Was it number 10? No. Okay. Was it, was it number four? Okay. And number one. And number uh, one. You. Okay. All right. Um, now, how did you hear about the whole opportunity for the gunslingers? Um, Isaiah White. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was friends with them uh, back in, like, semi-pro days. And then, you know, how that goes. Sure. Sure. Connections. Yeah. With, uh, so I'm not telling anybody that anything they don't know if they watch Gunslinger's games. As being, being one of the smaller guys on the field, mm-hmm. what do you, do you have to, do you feel like you have to play differently or have a different attitude being yeah. one of the smaller guys out there? Yeah, definitely. It's more, whenever you're a smaller guy, it's more technique, more than physicality. Right. So you have to be more technically sound than everybody else. Because in three games, I mean, I've seen three other teams now. You and Chris are the yeah. two smallest guys yep. On, yep. on the field. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a benefit to that, too. Um, you're able to move around a little easier. They may lose you a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we, def- we definitely – Whenever you're smaller, you kind of see the game differently. Mm-hmm. So you find ways where you can find different openings that bigger guys wouldn't be able to just yeah. because they're so big so they get the attention. And when you're smaller, you don't get that much attention. I got you. Especially at the pro level. When, it, when you're in semi-pro, it, I mean, you get attention no matter what. But right. In the pro level, people tend to lose you. They're like, oh, this is a smaller guy. Right. And, I got you. Can we talk about the cutest gunslinger fan ever that's related to you? <laughs> Miss Naya. Yes, your daughter's yes. so cute. And she has the cutest uh, outfits. Oh, yeah. Uh, how do you get those? Uh, do you make them? I mean, or does your uh, wife make them? Yeah, she makes everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Probably I not. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, no, my I, God. <laughs> His daughter is adorable. And on Facebook, um, they're always showing yeah. her with these cute little bows. Look at her. And she oh. had the cutest little gunslinger outfit. Yeah. I loved it. So awesome. she definitely is the cutest gunslinger fan we have. I appreciate that. She, 
Uh, she'll be one next month, or well, this month. Oh man! At the end of this month. Such a fun time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got yeah, three. This is a fun time. Is she feeling yeah. better? Because I know she was under yeah. the weather. Good. Yeah, she was feeling very bad. Uh, so what do you hope to accomplish? Um, we can talk about this year, but really, what do you hope to accomplish with football? Is this something you're doing for the time being, as long as you can do it? Do you have any aspirations of moving? I, I definitely want to go as far as possible. Yeah. Wherever that ends, then I'll be happy with it. But um, I definitely want to go as far as I can. Okay. Like, I, I train to get to the top. Okay. So you're definitely a speed guy we've talked about that so uh what give us your numbers now's your chance to brag what's your, what's like your 40 time what are you working on like you, you're trying to put in that work to get even to the next level uh the fastest i've had was a 4-4 four four. i can the, do that at the combine it wasn't that well but um four four i can do that four minutes and four seconds i can do that <laughs> i can make a 40 that. is that really what that means no. no, I didn't think no. so. No. <laughs> but um, I don't remember the other times, like the shuttle, like the three cone and the mm-hmm. shuttle. It, I mean, everybody really only cares about the 40. Right. Right. Um, but at the, I don't even remember what it was at the combine. I know it wasn't a 4-4, and I was upset with myself, but I know I can be faster than that. Oh, yeah, and then there's – there's the practice speed and there's game speed, yeah. and we've seen that. And then some guys, it just it just shows up that yeah. much more on the field. And you're definitely one of those guys that we've seen it. Um, I mean, just from the start in practice and and now in games. Yeah, I definitely feel a lot faster in the games too. It's like it's an adrenaline thing, or you I think would, so? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I, I know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I know we had talked earlier about connections, and one of the connections that we kind of met you and and have your the DJ, I mean um, the sponsorship for here is because we it did a mom to mom yeah episode yeah and so she had said any way that I can to help y'all out, let us know yeah and then she became one of the sponsors. So and that's we why, love JD's Bar and Grill. Yes, We're we do. We do love it. Love, do. it. love it. Love it. And we love Body Coco. So my mom's been my biggest supporter since I can remember. As they well, always should. Yes, be, they should. For sure. That's great. Um, let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm going to watch ownership see, here and see if they, like, stare at me, stare me down. They're staring you down right now. <laughs> with daggers. Um, <laughs> as a speed guy, as a guy that particularly makes your, your bones on the field with speed and elusiveness, um, how important is the playing surface to a guy like that? Uh, it's probably the biggest thing. Okay. Because... Um, for one, it, it determines what type of footwear you wear. Right. And if you can't make the right cuts or, you know, any of that stuff, or like you're slipping around, I mean, it really affects your game. So like, is that the – when you're walking in – so you've walked into three games right now, and each one has been a different yeah. surface. Um, when you walk in, is that the first thing you're paying attention to is the surface? Yeah, I brought, I brought three pairs of shoes to each game just to figure really? out. Really? Yeah. Just to figure out what I can wear. And so... What were the ones you wore last game? Um, the ones I wore last game, they're called turf. Um, like the, the, bot- the traction plates are called turf. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, for the Mississippi game... I wore um, indoor shoes. Okay. So that's more of like a you could you could pretty much wear like basketball shoes on either one. Right. But what I felt comfortable with 
it was turf for the new turf that we got. Was it Brian Carrasco that was wearing uh, Chuck Taylors no, out there? No, that was, uh, was Eric England. Oh, Eric England. Oh, yeah. There you go. The, they said he was the first guy to ever wear Chucks in a football game. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we made history. So from that first game to last week's game, uh, the improvement was huge for a guy like you. The, yeah. The improved yeah, surface was a big deal for you. Definitely. Okay. I mean, it wasn't – I don't think – it. It wasn't as bad as it looked, okay. honestly. Speak to that a little bit because I think a lot of people looked at it that don't play, yeah. that don't touch the field, and said, man, that was borderline unsafe. I'm surprised those guys would play on it at all. So yeah. for you to say it wasn't as bad as you think it was, tell us what you I mean, mean by that. If you, if you look at it, nobody got hurt. Right. True. There wasn't a lot of slipping. Sure. And, it, I mean, it was, a clean, it was a pretty clean game. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than them switching, switching from one side to do the um, extra right. points, I right. mean, it, I didn't think it was that bad. Okay. Okay, good to know. Any advice you would give to a, a player, uh, like a high schooler, who's thinking about continuing uh, in football to semi-pro or pro? Uh, just keep pushing, you know. Especially if you're a smaller guy, mm-hmm. don't let people tell you that you're si- just because of your size that you can't make it to the next level. That's um, good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Because just because I'm fat doesn't mean I can't play football, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Size is not important. <laughs> yeah, size, size isn't that important. It's really all of your drive and your will. And your passion. And your passion. Gotcha. I mean, any, anybody can make it if you, if you put your mind to it. Mm-hmm. So going up against the uh, Gunslingers defense like you do at practice, mm-hmm. um, we've seen what they've done in the last couple games. Yeah. Um, who's the one guy or two guys out there that you just know that you got to go hard against when you're going in practice, and then when you're at at the game, you're you're looking out and seeing like, oh, I can't I can't wait to see what he does with this guy from from the the opposition. Yeah, definitely Darius Banks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah. And. Uh, Man, it's hard to pick a second because the other three guys, well, yeah, I think it's three guys are really good. I like Ali a lot. Sure. Um, if I had to pick a second, it would be Ali. Jaleel okay. Ali, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he made, he's the guy that made the, uh, the, the uh, interception to kind of yeah. close out that last game. Yeah, he's really technically sound. Uh-huh. I, I like him a lot. He he definitely gives me a lot of trouble. So what puts what what sets Banks apart? Why is Darius Banks the guy top on your list? Uh, man, he's he's really fast. He might be faster than me. Honestly. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, he might be faster than me. But his size is a lot different than yours. Yeah, he's he's definitely bigger than me, obviously, but. Uh, He's just so technically sound. Mm. Like, I don't think I've gone against somebody more technically sound than Darius. I got gotcha. you. That's a big compliment. That is. Yeah. That's a big deal. Well, Sean, we are really excited to watch you play. Uh, tell us real quickly the story behind Zero. Why, why is that the number? I honestly have no idea. Okay. Because I was one in high school, and whenever I went semi-pro, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just go with something different, something that you can't normally get, and I went with zero. There you go. 
All right. Well, we're excited to see what happens here uh, in a week against Austin and then certainly through the rest of the season. Sean Mueller on Smoking Guns Podcast. We'll be right back with you right after this. Smoking Guns Podcast is excited to offer you an opportunity to be part of our team. We've got people all over the place that make this podcast special. Yeah, That's they do. right. We sure do. Uh, we've Feel got, the love. We've got uh, the three of us, which, you know, just kind of bumble our way through this thing. But behind us, we have spouses that are a big part of our team. That's right? true. Um, we've got a big help in the broadcast side of things with Jonas. Um, who we're going to talk to a little bit later. Love Jonas. We've got folks that are part of our crew. Um, if you want to be part of our crew, though, you don't have to do all of that work because being our spouse or being Jonas is a lot of hard work. It sure is. You don't have to do all of that work to be part of the team. All you have to do is go to www.patreon.com slash smoking guns pod, smoking no G, guns with a Z, P-O-D, and sign up to be a patron of the Smoking Guns podcast. You can sign up at the $5, $10, or $20 level and just support our show and help us make things go. Be part um, of the posse. Yeah, for sure. Um, you'll be part of our team. We'll give you a shout-out each and every episode. We will also, uh, you'll have priority when it comes to SpeakPipe yep. or any other opportunities we have to get you on the air. Um, but mainly what you'll do is you'll help us make this show work, um, and we'll be grateful forever. You forever. Will be, you will be our best friends forever. For at least the forever. season. Forever. <laughs> For at least the season. Uh, so go, go jump on Patreon.com, uh, Smoking Guns Pod, and if you're able, give us uh, some support there. It really helps out, and we'd love to have you part as part of the team. Smoking Guns Podcast, Philip Higginbotham, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods. Hanging out at JD's Bar and Grill, having some drinks, uh, not having food. That's okay. I can smell it, though. Um, yeah, but we've had a couple of drinks. We've had some players on. We've had the coach on. We're going to have ownership here in a second. But we're going to let you hear from a guy that you didn't realize was really important to your game day experience. If you're watching Super things important. on YouTube, if you watched us uh, out in Mississippi, this is the guy that kind of runs everything, and he's used to being in front of Mike's. He's, and having a not, set of headphones on. Go he's ahead. not just Mr. Cameraman. No, he's oh, not just Mr. Cameraman. <laughs> uh, Jonas Clark. Jonas, uh, welcome. Woo-hoo. Hey. Uh, it's awesome Woo! to finally be on here with you guys. Listen to all the episodes. I hear you guys all the time. Hey, we got to get him on sometime. I'm glad yeah. we can make it work and out. Today's the yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, so I dragged you into this whole thing back in... What, November? Yeah. I uh, shot you a message and said, hey, so we're talking about maybe doing the live stream for the Gunslingers. At the time, I think it was just one game we were going to do, like a preseason game out in El Paso. Back in January, yeah, yeah. Game, yeah. That fell through. Um, and we were just like, I was like, hey, you got any interest in doing that? And for some reason, you said yes. What was the reason <laughs> that you decided to be a part of that? I love a challenge. You said, hey, here's what we're looking to do. Can you do this? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's in my wheelhouse. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about what you do. And I know that you're not wanting to toot your own horn or make it sound like you're doing a ton of stuff. But I want people to know, because we get comments, and you've seen them, and I've seen them, about this needs to be better, do that differently. Um, Let everybody know what you're handling in in a normal game moment. Uh, in, a, in a game moment. Um, so right from 
the referee blows the whistle, gives signal to start the clock. Yep. I, I start the clock on the stream. Right. Um, then uh, I slide over to the camera. And yeah. I've, I've got two cameras set up there going on. Um, slide over to the camera, uh, get the zoom in right on the, on the action, follow the action. Um, of course, in Arena League, the first uh, quarter and then the, all the way up into the final minute of the half, it's a running clock. Right. So that really helps. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> every, For sure. Every incompletion, I don't have to stop that clock. Right. Um, but then it's, it's follow the action, and then it's update the down, and update, uh, you know, sometimes a score, or play the touchdown uh, graphic, and stuff like that on the, on the broadcast. And so it's just following every single step and trying to keep it all in frame. And my favorite part is after a score. Because right. Because you've got to get the kickoff. Uh, set up. You've got to get the score updated. You have to stop the clock and make sure that's right. still pretty accurate. Oh, and, and you've got a touchdown animation. Ready. And you've got the touchdown the animation. That you've got to run. Yeah, yeah. So that's my favorite part right there. So that's if you're keeping lot. track, he's running the camera, he's producing, he's also um, updating all of the information you see there on the screen, score, down a distance, clock, all of that is Jonas. Um, in a normal broadcast, I've just described four different people's jobs, at least. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Multitasking, you know. Right. It's it's part of the it's part of the game, and um, you know, especially I, I, it, when you're talking about arena league football, everybody wears multiple hats. Right. You guys wear multiple hats. Um, ownership wears multiple hats. Yep. Coaches, we've talked about. You guys have talked with coaches up here already. They are they wear multiple hats. So right. this is what. It's everybody coming together, giving it their all to bring it for the fans and bring it for San Antonio. What is the one bit of criticism that you've seen that you're like, okay, that's fair. We need to make that change. Well, there's been one every week. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a a process of learning. Every environment is different. Every setup is different. Um, And so like when we started out the first game, it was just, uh, you know, it was a hardware issue yep. at that point. It was just making sure that the right graphics program was running the, running the stream and everything like that. So while we weren't able to have clear, consistent video, we did have the audio figured out, and that was on point. You guys right. provided everybody with entertainment. And, and, and for those who stuck around and still watched the choppy video, to hear your guys' play-by-play and commentary, you know, huge shout-out to them. Then we get to Mississippi and Hattiesburg, and <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole experience in and of itself where um, we got a little bit further in terms of the broadcast than oh, the, sure. the home yeah. tech team yeah. did. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, Philip, this one's all on you, man. You talked me down. I, wanted, I was I ready did. to live stream in 464 by 2 we something. Were. From, <laughs> from a crow's nest from way crow's up nest. at the top at, ceiling level. Yeah. At I one point to bring it in live. Mississippi, we really, uh, Jonas was a big proponent of doing a live stream and then recording so that we had something as a backup. In clear right. 1080p. But yeah. uh, we just didn't feel like we could get... No. I'm sorry. I didn't feel like we could get a stream that we would be proud of, especially after that game one uh, where it didn't work out the way that we wanted it to. Um, so there was a moment where Jonas looks at me, and he is he's up in a crow's nest, uh, you know, 40, 50 feet off the covered field. Covered in dirt. Uh, covered <laughs> in dirt because it's a rodeo arena. And uh, I said, hey, I think we're just going to record and we'll upload. And he said, I did not drive 13 hours. I did not ride 13 hours on a bus to record something. 
Everybody um, wants a live stream. Everybody wants a live stream. I want for to sure. do a live stream. But we recorded. Uh, we uploaded on the bus. Like yep. in the middle of the night, right? In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. <laughs> he was sitting on the bus seat in front of me, and every few minutes I'd wake up, and I'd look back, and I'd go, where are we at now? Like, how, how, how far is it now? Yeah, but, but the greatest moment then was when the video went live at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning to hear all the football players getting yeah. to watch it. And, and I, I know you got to hear your voice. Yeah, I was not a fan of that. <laughs> In all kinds of time delay. Um, but being able to provide that for them. And then it was about coming home, right? right. For everybody, there was, a, there was a mission with coming home, back to the Rose Palace, and doing better than we did in week one. Right. And Which everybody across the board, I feel like, did. There was a better field. There was a yes. better yep. team on the field. And, and uh, the there goal. was a better broadcast. There was a better everything. Yeah, and, and that was that goal. You know, I think that we we really got a lot of the things hammered out um, to where we we've got a really good broadcast up there. One of the things that's really surprised me is uh, your willingness to find the new thing that we're going to do next week. Uh, every time it seems like you know you, you I toss out something I'm like you know it would be nice if we could do this and you're like yeah we can do that. Find an answer. Um, is there is there something coming up for this Austin Wild game that that we're going to be interested to see or that's going to be different? I think that this next one, we're really just going for that consistent product on this next one. Gotcha. Um, we, I was really happy that we got uh, rosters and yeah. everything to provide starting rosters. Yep. Um, players to watch for Austin was really cool to have. Um, even all of our great sponsors, you mm-hmm. know, on, yeah. on the live stream, we've got graphic cards for everybody. Uh, you do a great job on the commercials and everything, and so um, it's just about continuing to bring that. And we are—we were seven minutes shy, seven minutes shy of yep. a, of a 100% broadcast, and so yeah. So that was going to be my next question: is like, when can we expect the perfect broadcast? When is everything going to be perfect? Can you tell me when we're gonna when we're gonna have a perfect broadcast? In my mind, nothing's going to be perfect. <laughs> There's always going to be something where I could have gotten the camera angle different. I could have gotten the timing a little bit better. Sure. Um, but we're going to have that stream, and we're just going to bring it every week. Now, I know you've been talking a lot of technical stuff, but have you been able to like interact with the fans or do some of the tailgating or try some of the food? or? I have. Um, I've been out at all the two tailgates okay, cool. um, that we've had and gotten to... Mingle around and meet everybody, um, especially in Coach's Corner. Um, cool. Thank you. Shout out again for feeding us before. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. Before the games, it, it goes a long way. Um, but uh, yeah, the Golden Habanero. Oh my gosh. <laughs> with Chris at Teardrop Hot Pepper Company. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Teardrop Pepper Go. Yes. I, I, I. If I can steal from Frank's Red Hot, I put that on everything. Right. There you go. Uh, that that uh, your recent discovery that we talked about on our little chat session. Like, uh, <laughs> talk about that a little bit because it was it was a little different. But I, the more you the more I thought about it, I was like, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, if you haven't tried it, and, and I believe hot sauce goes on everything. So Chris, you're in the right business. Um, but uh, if you haven't put the golden habanero on peanut butter toast yet, what? The nutty. Creamy, spicy, hot. Is, is the bread toasted everything. or not toasted? Oh, it's toasted. You just said toast. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm I was grossing bread. out on the hot sauce and the peanut butter. Oh no, it's it's a great afternoon snack. 
All right. You ever heard of spicy it. peanuts before? You know, yes, they, they I have. spice peanuts yeah. and it's yeah, peanut true. butter with There's spice on it. Peanut sauce and Chinese cuisine. Right. You know? Absolutely. All right. It's All right. a match made in heaven. I'll have to check it out then. Now, who keeps you hydrated during the game? You. I do. <laughs> <laughs> RC, you do, um, which is great because I'm back there just sweating. Yeah, RC and Dolores are definitely the ones that keep us hydrated and fed yeah. uh, through the game. We couldn't do it without them. Well, you're you. behind the cheerleaders too, right? I am. Did you get any digits a, yet? I, I'm way too busy to grab some, <laughs> grab some digits, but if they ever hang around 40 minutes after the game when right. we finally wrap up post-game. Hey, um, I'll put in a good yeah. word for you. You know, you We go. have a sponsor one, uh, Sierra. We'll talk later. Okay, <laughs> we'll do that. All right, Jonas, we really appreciate everything you do. Um, I know that the Gunslingers do, too. Um, honestly, without Lee or I, the broadcast could happen. Without you, it yeah. could not. Um, yeah. Like, if one of us called in sick, it, it could work. Um, if you call in sick, we're just not going to have we're a broadcast done. that night. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Agree to disagree. I will uh, teach you guys how to push the buttons. Uh, <laughs> what you guys do is way more difficult. Oh, I don't think so. I just sit around and talk about football. That's easy. Uh, Jonas Clark, the producer, the, the, the guy that makes the string go for your uh, San Antonio Gunslingers games. And uh, loves doing that. We all love doing that. Truly. Like, that's something that we wouldn't do if we didn't enjoy it. Um, and so you enjoy that. We enjoy working with you. Um, it's good to finally have you on the show. We need to have you on more often. That's true. Uh, what <laughs> on the on the football side of things? Because you've watched every gunslinger, every snap of gunslinger football you've yes. seen. Um, what player are you most excited to see move through the rest of the season? Like who's caught your eye? Good question. I mean, can I? be a little obvious with wanting to see David Olvera just continue to progress. Uh, You know, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. Yes. Um, We've gone through three games so far. They've all been just offensive juggernauts. It's back and forth scoring. Um, And I I just love to see how he's continued to grow. That first game, uh, and it was a first game for everybody. And, and, And it was rough. And um, you know, he, Down to the field. he took his lumps and he said, I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be better. And he's done it every step of the way. And so I'm just really excited to see him continue to grow. Um, the, the team has a great offensive plan figured out. Um, and a lot of it centers around him. So uh, I'm going to be that guy and go with the quarterback. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, I know you're excited to see the San Antonio Gunslingers make their way into the playoffs and play for a championship yes. because that's the only way you're ever going to see a football championship for a team you cheer for. Hey, now. Hey, I, oh. I, I do have a question, though, right? I do have a question. Now, Now I know Bill. Tell, every, Bill, tell everybody who you're a fan of. I am a fan of the Cleveland Browns okay. um, who were in the AFC Divisional Round and almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So sure, 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 sure. Uh, but so – when the when a team makes it to the championship round and rings get passed around, they normally go to the broadcast team. We'll too, we'll have to see right? how that works oh. out. We'll see we'll see what happens there. <laughs> how about the water girl? Does the water girl get something? <laughs> Anything? Yes, most vital important part. That's right. Keeps everybody hydrated. <laughs> well, Jonas, we appreciate everything you do. Um, the gunslingers do too, and we're excited to have you part of the broadcast team, and we're excited to finally have you on the show. Dude, hats off to y'all. You know, the, what you guys do through the podcast, what you guys do through the live stream to continue to grow this football team uh, in the footprint through San Antonio, it's all about you guys, but thank you. 
Thank right. you. Some, uh, the Smoking Guns podcast. We'll be right back after this. Smoking Guns podcast. Full of big about the Leo Yamas Arcy Woods wrapping up things here at JD's Bar and Grill. We decided to wrap up with uh, the fourth member of our podcast team, the guy that's probably <laughs> logged the most time behind a microphone, uh, aside from us three, and you might be sneaking up on RC a little bit. Maybe, I think so. Uh, Jason Torres, part of the ownership group of the San Antonio Gunslingers. How you doing, Jason? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Feeling good. So you've been three games in, two home games, you've traveled. Uh, what has been the biggest uh, surprise so far? The thing that came out of left field that you were like, I had no idea this would be the, the thing that would be such a big deal? Uh, most definitely is going to have to be the turnaround time that we had to go from realizing the turf that we had for the first game was truly unacceptable right. to basically the league saying, hey, you guys got to do something about it. Now, they didn't give us a specific deadline, but we knew that it had to be before the next home game. And, uh, you know, it, it was a quick turnaround on, on having to make that happen. So tell us about that, because you bought one surface yes. to have out there. Yes. And when it was delivered, it was not what you were expecting. Not at all. It was not all. in the condition that you were kind of told it would be in. We were duped. Oh, no. <laughs> and that's a bummer because it's not like you can, uh, you didn't get it through Amazon, you didn't get it through eBay. No. It's not like you can, uh, you know, give them negative feedback. It was DHL, wasn't it? <laughs> I give DHL credit over this company. <laughs> uh, uh, no, unfortunately, we went through a third-party vendor who... Uh, they had just upgraded their turf. Um, we reached out to this company who had listed it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We spoke to them. Uh, they notified us that they had the entire stadium for sale, but we could purchase just enough of what we needed for uh, the arena purpose. Yep. With that being said, uh, they told us, you know, they were cut to length at 53 feet even and across at like seven and a half, eight feet. And unfortunately, uh, we purchased it. We had it delivered finally to the Rose Palace. Right. And then the winter storm hit. We had all the snow the week that we were supposed to unroll and everything and, mm. and put it together and, and really see how it looked. We lost that week. Um, so we started up as soon as we could. And unfortunately, when we unrolled this thing, it's, you know, you got one that's 46 feet long, 47, 55. You know, we had one as long as 60. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, and just jagged edges and everything. And we're like, what the heck? So we reached like out to them. It looked like patchwork. It, it, it was. It was. And, and it was a lot of man hours for a lot of people mm -hmm. um, staying out there day in, day out for hours and hours and hours from ownership to players to coaches. I mean, literally all hands were on deck to try to make this happen on time for the first game. A month out at this point, uh, you can tell us because, uh, you know, uh, how close was how close were we to not having a game over that surface? Uh, I'd say probably a couple of hours. Wow. Um, uh, th the morning of, it was like, uh, are we going to be able to do this? Um, Alba, um, Hector, myself, Raul, uh, we were all there. We broke night. We stayed overnight. We were there from like Thursday night until Saturday. And I know that. I was there Friday, and then I showed up on Saturday in the early afternoon, and you were still there in the same clothes. And still working on the field. At yeah, that. right, so, exactly. Uh, you know, everything was all said and done by about 4 p.m. when we were supposed to start warming up. So, you know, we made it by the skin of our teeth, uh, and then we had a lot of backlash. Uh, and we understood that. We realized that. We did the absolute best what we could with what we had. Um, 
we pulled off a miracle. A miracle, I would yeah, say we, so. We, we pulled off a miracle, um, but then we realized again, you know, in a short turnaround time, we have to fix this. We have to make it better. Uh, more importantly, for player safety. So that's uh, that's what we did, and, and you know, by no grace of anybody but Alba and Raúl, they were the ones that made it happen for us to to acquire that field, um, the new field, and without them, we. We wouldn't even have a game to this day. We wouldn't have played Austin. We wouldn't have a game next week. So, so from that moment, that uh, game stops. Uh, the end of the game there against the North Texas Bulls on the 13th. Um, you you guys immediately kind of sprung into action, and we've got to find something. Yes. Um, which means, and that so that's two weeks before you have a home game. When did you actually take delivery of and be able to set out the new field <laughs> that you were able to find? So you had two weeks. You had plenty of time, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> to, to find an arena field? No, that's, that's a needle in a haystack. Um, I, we were at practice the Wednesday right after the game, uh, and Herb had actually came up to me. He's like, hey, my friend reached out to me. He said he has a field that's just sitting in the arena uh, where they're supposed to be playing COVID hit. And it's just been sitting there. And if you guys are interested, you know, it's X amount of dollars, according to him. Right. But I'll put you in touch with him. So we reached out. We spoke to him. Uh, he said what he wanted. And, um, you know, I was skeptical. I was like, yeah, that's. Here we it, go it, again. It, it, right? Yeah, you've yeah. already done this once. Right. So, you know, uh, then Raul and Alba were like, no, you're going to get it. <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're going to go get this field because we, it needs to get done. So uh, naturally, I. I got in the car. I drove up to uh, the Chicago area where it was housed. Uh, thankfully, when I got up there, we were able to unroll a few rolls, take a look. I walked on it. I inspected every single roll, top to bottom, um, and, and it was beautiful. And then, uh, it, then it came down to just logistics of getting it down to San Antonio. Right. Um, that was last minute. It was uh, 3.45 p.m., 4 p.m. on Friday. Now, mind you, we're playing Monday. Right. Mm -hmm. This is Friday. We still didn't have transportation logistics figured out until about 4.15. And then truck shows up at 5. We get it loaded up. It's now 6.30. I had just drove 18 hours to get there straight. Uh, we loaded up the truck. And then I told the truck driver, it's you and me the whole way back. And he's like, what do you mean you and me? You getting in the truck? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not getting in the truck. But... I'm, I'm driving ahead of you, and we're going to ride out all the way down together to make sure it gets to the rows by Saturday so we can unroll it Sunday into Monday. Yeah. And then they had an event on Sunday. Yes. Were yes. you guys aware of that, or was that a surprise? Uh, we had somewhat of an idea. However, we thought we would really be able to get into the arena late at night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, Raul and his crew were not able to get in until about... 5, 6 a.m. on Monday morning. Wow. Wow. Kind of short. Mind you, we've never even pieced this thing together. Right. Ever. Right. So, so um, you've mentioned her a few times already in the short time we've been talking here. And I, I, don't think, uh, I don't think she gets enough credit for how she's kind of stepped in and, and, and really done some great things for you. the organization. Yeah, we're so talking far. about yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So I know, I know from the beginning, uh, Alba, I don't think, was part of the ownership group, at least from the offset. Or she was undercover. She was a, she was a she, silent she, partner. She silent? Was but now she's not so much not so silent. So silent. <laughs> she's kind of moved to the forefront and really uh, done, a, done a lot. Let's, uh, let's uh, give her some credit where, where it's definitely due. 
Um, talk talk a bit about how Alba has has really helped you guys. Uh, plain plain and simple. I mean, to make a super long story short, without Alba and Raúl, uh, there would be no gunslingers, hands down. I mean, wow, there's there's no way we could have pulled off what we've pulled off so far mm-hmm. without those two. It's amazing. It just I mean, me and Hector had, had gotten us uh, myself and him had gotten us as far as we could. Uh, and then, as always, we ran into obstacles, like we always have from the beginning. However, the week of the game hit a point where it was like, this may not happen. And, 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 and Hector and I had talked, and we were about to agree that this may not happen, let's call it off. And we were mentally prepared to, um, but they, they would not allow that. Albon and Raul made everything possible for us to continue, and they continue to do uh, everything that they can for us to um, be able to play and finish out this season because it has been rough. Uh, we're not rich uh, right. by, by any means. Um, funds get exhausted pretty quickly, especially you know, when you have to factor in payroll for players and coaches and medical staff and, right. and DJs and security and, and box office and every, everybody <laughs> you yeah. know, from, from top to bottom. Uh, so you know, every dollar adds up. You know, and it makes it difficult when you're playing on Mondays to try and right. get a sold-out arena. True. Um, so we're making the best with what we got, um, but I think we're doing all right so far. And you know, every week is an improvement. True. All of the uh, shortcomings, negative side of game one aside, there was a moment that I was sitting up in that oven that we called the broadcast booth for the first <laughs> game. <laughs> the sauna. That we changed. Um, but th- there was a moment when I look down on the field and I see you and Hector, the two guys that, um, you know, a phone call 18 months ago started saying, what if we did this? And you were watching your team on the field and you guys just kind of shared a moment, um, shared a hug. It was before the loss and before the comments start rolling in on social media about um, this thing and that thing. Um, what did that moment feel like? To, to see something that started in your head on the field? Uh, that hug was a culmination of a year's hard work. For sure. That was him him and I repeating the same thing to each other. We were both crying. We were both uh, in tears. And I wasn't going to say that. You said <laughs> no, 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 no. We were, I'll be honest. We, we were both crying, but we both said the same thing, and we both said we did it. Yeah. We finally did it. And, you know, re- regardless of we knew – there was going to be some criticism about the field. We knew that not everything was going to be perfect, but, you know, everything we had worked so hard for, you know, it came down to that kickoff. And that that was it for us that, you know, nothing else at that moment mattered other Mm -hmm. than proving everybody wrong, all the naysayers. And we said, we did it. And, and that was, that was that moment, you know, and uh, just got to keep pushing. On a really practical level. We've talked a lot tonight. We've talked about some of the players, some of the coaches about, officials oh. <laughs> and the officials especially in the austin wild game um how does that do you have any kind of say or input on any the control side? over that do you get to we don't we don't reach necess- out to the league and go never ever send those people to me again i i can show you the text i actually did send that uh about four days ago i've tried to reach out to the league owner uh pertaining to the issue that we had with the refs uh in the game when we spoke to them, when we spoke to the refs, they made it clear we'd never done arena football refereeing uh, at all. And a lot of them, you know, I, I don't mean, to, I, call, I don't mean to call anybody out, but, I mean, I was watching the video that you guys had of the game, 
and you're seeing the ref dapping up and hugging the players as they're coming onto the field from the Austin Wild. And then you ask him, hey, where are you from? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I know all these guys. I came up with them. And you're like, really? And you're the white hat? <laughs> I know. So at that moment, we were like, uh, well, here we go. And, and the whole excuse of we've never done arena before. This is our first arena game. Uh, only holds water up to a certain point because there were issues you, that were not arena football issues. They you, were right. football you, issues. You could never have officiated an arena game and still see the ball go between two yellow pipes. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah I, I was standing right there. And it's crazy because the ref that was standing right there in front of me he says, no, it. I called it good. Yeah. He was like, but I can't overrule the white hat, so it's got to be no good. Ridiculous. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, there were, there were some, uh, some really detrimental calls. I mean, Kali scored when he crossed the plane. Uh, it was it was plain as day. Um, when the Wild intercepted the ball, that should have been a touchdown. It should have been. And, um, and you know, we both so said that. Yeah. The you know, there, I mean, hell, we got a whole bunch of still photos of holding on the Wild that weren't called. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just. It, and it was really Austin and us playing against the refs. It was just terrible calls on both sides. It, right. And I've said it. I know you've heard me say it last week. I know you heard me say it earlier tonight. It was, it was a poorly officiated game. Luckily, it was poorly officiated fairly, if that's a thing. Um, it, there, there were calls. There were bad calls against both, both teams. And Correct. both teams have things they can point to and say, you know, we would have had a touchdown here. Right. Well, sure, you would have. But, you know, Joey Fisher would have had a touchdown there. Right. And, and it so sucks because it takes away from the integrity of the game. I mean, a little then bit. that becomes, it becomes, well, we should have won. Or no, we should have won. And then we don't know who truly, you know, what, what a real outcome could have been if it was called the right way. So I'm hoping, right. you know, the league we'll owner got my messages and, and they make a change. If not, we're in a world of hurt again. On the right. 12th. So. so a lot of the frustration having to do with the officiating, I'm sure that's part of what poured over into – just on the field of play between right. the players and even coaches were involved. And I mean, there was a lot of chippiness and ugliness and I, the, the whole game kind of at, at certain points kind of teetered on the edge of where you felt like we were in control of, of what was going on. Um, have you reached out to uh, ownership of the Austin Wild or coaches from the Austin Wild to kind of talk about this next game and how you guys plan to do that better or at least uh, – uh, both teams, you know, efforts to kind of comport themselves more pro- professionally this second time SAT around. SAT words, comport uh, themselves. <laughs> um, actually, it, it didn't even take long uh, for that to happen. We actually spoke to them after the game. Oh, okay. um, li- literally, Hector, myself, um, and uh, the two owners of the Wild and their head coach, we, we were out back by the, uh, by the locker rooms, and we probably talked for about an hour on, you know, things that we could have done differently, things they could have done differently. Um, but they both, you know, we recognize and they recognize that changes need to be made. Um, players and coaches need to be held accountable for their actions. Um, our guys went, you know, over the line a couple of times and so did theirs. Uh, so I, I think it's just uh, having a tighter leash on things. Um, we've already approached um, the coaching staff about it to ensure uh, that, you know, players remain professional uh, within their realm. and. Uh, you know, hopefully they, they do the same. They have reiterated to us that they will do that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see this this second time around. I'm hoping for a much uh, safer, cleaner fi- uh, game. After, fight. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> fight. I, I, fight in rumble, a sense of, you rumble, know, maybe? on the field. <laughs> uh, so, you know me. You know me well enough to know that the rest, that this question is meant for the future looking forward and not the 
whatever might have been behind. Talk to us a little bit about why in this moment, in this time, Quentin Humphrey's the right guy to lead things forward. You made, you made a coaching change after week one, and that was a mutual thing with you and, and Coach Tony. Um, it, why, why was Coach Q the guy that you tapped, and why is he still the guy that, that you guys are moving forward with? Because I know originally there was some talk about, you know, we may have to get somebody in here quick, and you seem to have backed off that a little bit and want Coach Q to be the guy, at least for the time being. Why is that the case? Um, it was a, uh, a unanimous decision across the board. Um, ownership had spoke about it. Um, Coach Q comes in with an, an, amounts, an immense amount of experience. Um, Tony Hernandez had tapped him as his assistant head coach. Right. When initially, when myself and Hector brought him on in the very beginning, was only to do special teams. And then okay. Tony saw something in him that Tony approached us and said, well, I want to make him my assistant head coach. Uh, so, so right there itself, uh, we were like, okay, you know, we, we didn't see that coming, but you know, and then over time, him building and growing and seeing what he's capable of at the professional level, um, initially when we made the change was just interim, right? It was just going to be, all right, you know, we'll give you the reins. Let's get through this second game because it literally was like Thursday when the change happened and we had a game Saturday. So, and you know, a road game at that, right? right. And we're leaving Friday, so (laughs) you know, um, so it was just gonna be, yeah, just interim. And then Hector and I said, All right, we gotta start, you know, interviewing. We get who's good for the job, who do we talk to before? Um, and then we came out of Mississippi with the win. Then Wednesday practice rolls around, um, and you just noticed there was a different atmosphere with all of the players. And, and we gauged the players. Hector and I started talking to the guys. Hey, how do you feel? What do you feel needs to improve? What do you, what do you feel is the, is the downside of things and blah, blah, blah. And it was an overwhelmingly positive response all the way from Mississippi to the two practices we had Wednesday and Thursday. And then we just said, well, he's the guy, you know. And, and then, you know, it only helps his case when he wins against the Austin Wild and now we're going into our next game. Sure. So, um, you know, it was, it was definitely a no-brainer. Being Thanks on that, that ride back, from Mississippi, I can certainly attest. In you you want to bring up that past? Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, what'd you think of your ride back? What'd you think of your ride there? The bus from hell? The, we, we won't the, talk about the sauna that box? Yeah. <laughs> but, but being a part nice of that trip, cool up front, sorry. being around after that win, the first win, you, you could, I could definitely get a sense of that, of the, the players kind of being behind Coach Q and, and having that support. Um, I'm also going to guess that part of the reason why we definitely want, you know, we're definitely standing behind Coach Q moving forward is because he's already said publicly that William Richardson, you know, I, I stand behind him, I support him, but man, he gets under my skin, you know, that just just the fact that. <laughs> that yeah, he, I, mean, I think we're all on the same level <laughs> when it comes to William yeah. Richardson, right? <laughs> that no, William that's Richardson. Not true. Yeah. Like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I appreciate Coach Q comes from a place of neutrality. Um, yeah. He doesn't play favorites. Right. There is no, I'm going to cater to you because you're this person. You know, everybody is expected to put the same amount of work in, whether you're the greatest player on the field or you're the you know, weakest link. It, it doesn't matter. You know, everybody's going to put in the same amount of effort and work. And if you're not that guy, he's going to let you know. There's no sugarcoating sure. anything. True that. So, uh, and everything he does is, is uh, fundamental, structured, um, and professional. So, so you've had uh, 
you've seen the comments. You know what's out there as far as what can be improved moving forward. Can you give me, and I, don't, I mean, I know it won't be Monday necessarily when we take the field again in uh, the Rose Palace, but what are like the top three things that you guys as ownership have tabbed that like these are the next three things we want to see improve about the, about the experience at the Rose Palace? Um, I think uh, one of the most important things like Alba has been adamant about is, is making for a more um, pleasurable experience for the fan, uh, mm-hmm. creating uh, a, a better atmosphere um, and more in-depth for the fan. So, uh, you know, starting up a possible VIP uh, okay. deal uh, for fans uh, where they can upgrade from their typical general admission or dashboard seat to something much higher. She's working on that internally. Um, we're, we're trying to work on uh, tailgating, uh, making that a, a little bit more manageable. Tough um, on a Monday afternoon. Like, it just, it's, it is. it's a tougher kind of, it's it is. a different and, that, and as you know, the first game we opened at 12. Now right. we decided to open at 4. Right. It's the little things that you pick up on, you know, week after week. True. Okay, that didn't work, or this was good, so let's change this. Um, and then I, I think the, the next biggest issue is, is just getting the field done on time. So, right. you know, it's turnkey. <laughs> Everybody just comes in. And sure. It's going to get better because everyone knows what to do now. I mean, you know. Um, yes and no. What we don't have in our favor, unfortunately, is that the Rose Palace continues to have events week after week. And oh. people need to just, if they can bear with us and understand that, you know, we can't move in until Monday mornings. And mind you, this is a long process. You have to set up field goals, dashboards, banners, and none of that is housed inside of the Rose Palace. We have them in storage containers wow. about 100 feet away. So you're talking right. about forklifting and a crew to lay everything down. These, these turf rolls are 1,500 pounds each, you know, trying Marty. to move that around. So, you know, just having the fans understand that it, it's a process, you know. So just bear with us. We're working as fast as we can, and things will get better. And Jonas said something earlier when we were talking about the broadcast side of things, and I think it's important that you reiterate it here. Um, while in other contexts, you might have an entire crew of people that does this job and then another crew that does that job. That's not the situation here. You've got yourself and a handful of guys as the crew doing all of those jobs. Correct. Getting those things ready. Um, So again, it's multiple hats, just like we were talking about. So like Raul, Raul lives in the Rose Palace. He actually has a bunk (laughs) in the back. Yeah, he he lives there. He uh, he does. Does he the porta potty? He he, he does. We've talked about that. He does everything. Oh my God, he's there day in day out. You know, nobody's there more than he is uh, constructing this thing and making sure we we have a game to play. You know. I, don't, I think a lot of people aren't aware. We kind of see it because we're there with you more often. But you guys put blood and tears into this and your passion. Yes. And, you know, you're working on the field. You're out there in the tailgate. You're up in the stands. I mean, you're everywhere. And that's not just you. It's everybody, you yes. know. And so fans, I guess, don't see that. But we're here to say you guys are doing a great job. I mean, something Thank that you. began with a dream really has become a blessing, a blessing to the San Antonio. Thank you. Thank you. When folks make uh, a comment, a constructive comment or or don't when they complain about something because there's some of those guys that just want to complain right um i i know that there's a feeling out there of if if they don't pay attention to my complaint and do something about it they're not noticing it they're not thinking about it it's not important to them do you want to address that yeah absolutely i i can tell you right now hector jonathan raul 
all of us read every single comment, whether it's on the fan page, the podcast page, the live stream, our Gunslinger page. Everything is looked at. And literally, we've each at some point screenshotted it and sent it to our group message and say, how can we fix this? This person's right. feeling this way. Uh, and then we collectively look at everything and we say, well, what can we prioritize? What is you know, at the forefront that's important for everybody? Not just this one individual, he feels like, oh, this can be changed. Right. But how can we benefit everybody's experience? And literally, that's what we do week after week. All of us are group texting each other at least 20 times a day on, on how we can improve every little thing. Um, of course, Rome wasn't built in one day. It all takes time. True. Uh, but I can tell you every issue that somebody has brought up has been addressed within ownership and at some point will be fixed. We're just right now prioritizing what's, uh, you know, the most important uh, collectively as a whole for the fan base. True. Gotcha. Uh, what... So we've laughed and joked and we've had this conversation on the show several times. Before the season started, you had this 9-0 and prediction that we Damn, gave you. Damn, I didn't oh, think that was no. going to be brought up. Hard time. <laughs> about. I didn't think that. Of course you, it's going to be brought up, sir. You do know Philip, right? Where's, where, where's a sweatshirt? Uh, yeah. So we're not going to see a 9-0 and season? No, we're not. Uh, would you like to revise? Sure. Uh, I, I think... Uh, if I had to be realistic, six and three would, okay. would be okay with me. Uh, okay. I still that I still think that puts us in the playoffs. I still that think that puts us in a in a great position to win in the playoffs. Um, you know, only only time will tell. But as you can tell, with the first game, adjust, adjustments are constantly made within the coaching right, yep. staff to put the True. right people in the right place. You know, yes, we did give up 62, 64, whatever it was in the first game, but Mississippi, we gave up. What was it, 23, Austin 24. So, you know, hopefully now we'll, we'll see what kind of changes are made for this next game on Monday and hopefully bring that number down and our number up. Very exciting. Is there a game upcoming on the schedule that you kind of have circled as a really important game? Yes, 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 yes. And that is the April 26th game against the Bulls because that's, that's, that's retribution day. That, okay. that is the day that we're back. We're, we're at home still. Yeah. Uh, it's a rematch. And, uh, you know, it's our opportunity to say, hey, that was our first game jitters. We got it out. We made some adjustments. Um, now we have the right people in the right place. And the score is going to, you know, show, show that difference. Okay. So do you want me to walk around with the score? <laughs> <laughs> what? We do need a scoreboard, so if you want to so go I out was, there, that'd be great. I was great. wondering. <laughs> like, I know, like, they do just in the just hang out on the standing room I area only. I could do that. I could do that. With some yeah, LED like a lights. Card girl in a, uh, I could know. be the card girl I didn't, for you. I didn't go that far, guys. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> but I, I can do that. I can volunteer for that. Uh, but all of those things, I, and, and the ones that keep getting brought up, scoreboard, that's something you guys are working on. Yes, we, uh, we are working on that. Porta-potties uh, for tailgating. We're working on it. Yep. Uh, we recognize and then the it. other one, big one that seems to come up a lot. It was merchandise. Well, right? they got that. Yeah, I know, but merchandise. it has been brought up, though. They got that. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, well, now people, they, they've got... People, don't ask that they, because they people can, will... <laughs> <laughs> don't ask that. Flags. We, they want stickers for their car. They want cowbells. Listen, guys, we're not Walmart, okay? <laughs> we, 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 don't, we just don't have everything. Pom-poms. <laughs> Monday's upcoming game entrance is going to be very, very different. So I invite everybody to come on out. 
And that's Alba What's speaking. That? That, that's Alba speaking. They, they didn't it. hear it. They didn't hear it here. Oh, maybe you need right. to come up here. And yeah, tell maybe us. you need to come up here. And yeah, I think so. Oh, all right, here she goes. Hey, Nava. <laughs> We're gonna have a switch out. We didn't even plan this. All right. Um, this is fun. You guys have an hour left, right? Oh, sure. <laughs> How do you do this? You is, just we put it on. You just put them on your head. <laughs> do you have piojos? Okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to you. <laughs> All right, so you, you can hear me now. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear us? Um, Alba, tell us about, uh, well, wait, tell us why you're so excited about the Gunslingers, because you didn't have to jump in and get involved in all this when you did, but why did you? So, let me take off my mask. So, I'm a big, big sports fanatic. Okay. Like, I mean, at the home, I mean, my brother is Hector. Yep. So, just growing up and seeing it, we lived it, um, and when he jumped on board and you know, was starting off with the San Antonio Gunslingers. I mean, I was his first cheerleader on there. I mean, besides his wife. Right. Um, but anything that my brothers do, I mean, I, I just admire and I want to back that up. So um, we're born and raised in San Antonio. I mean, we grew up in the West Side. So even more, um, it's even more exciting because of that, right? So you have somebody coming, growing up from the West Side to, you know, being able to be an owner of the San Antonio Gunslingers. I mean, yeah. And overall, we just want to go ahead and, and keep this fun here in the San Antonio community. I mean, I'm a big Spurs fan, but we need some butt kicking. Yeah, we need some football yeah. here. Spurs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now you're a social worker, right? Yes, I'm a licensed master social worker. Yes, that's that's what I do in uh, full time. So I, I just have that in me where I'm always wanting to save the world, save stuff. So I hear you. Yeah. So I, I know they were, you know, struggling. They were running into some bumps and me and my husband said, hey, why not? One of the big things that is under your purview, and one of the reasons you wound up here on stage is because we were talking about merchandise. Yeah. So what were you saying? Because so, they didn't hear it. Oh, yeah. So in merchandise, I'm just going to piggy bank a little bit on what Jason stated, that every comment, every suggestion that fans go ahead and do, we take it very, very serious. I mean, extremely serious to the point where we end up losing sleep and we're trying to, you know, fix what they're stating or trying to implement what they're stating. So we, we take that extremely very serious. So um, in regards to merchandise, yeah, I mean, we, we want to have it all. Um, so, I mean, y'all want to hit, um, I don't know if y'all saw that, but hey, people ask for jerseys and we're like, hey, let's go ahead Boom, and take right. on jerseys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I do want to go ahead and explain a little bit as to what's going on with merchandise is that many of the vendors or individuals that sell merchandise have been severely impacted with COVID, right? So they've lost um, employees. So turnaround is something that we're struggling with a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So um, some vendors are saying, hey, six to eight weeks, wow. eight to 10 weeks. And it's like, okay. That's the end of the season. Yeah. So that's right. one thing that we're struggling with a lot. And two, we're really trying to stick or we have stick to our vendors to being here um, San Antonio local. And, and that's a big thing about our organization that we're proud about San Antonio. We want to keep this cash flowing, this support on the community going on for, for us as San Antonians. So, yeah. That's awesome. And you're the one that we can talk to because this is all kind of fallen under your purview at this point. Um, I have made the point on the show, I'm sure you've heard me say it, that if they are interested in seeing a particular set of merchandise, instead of commenting, I want flags, comment, I have cash that I will give you now if you order flags, is that the best way to make this happen? So, <laughs> <laughs> what's the money, best way money for them? Money talks. To money definitely yeah, talks. Yeah. So here's the other thing that I, I wish people understood, um, 
And, you know, sometimes it's hard to go on media and explain all of the situation. You know that a lot of these local small businesses, too, they're saying, hey, unfortunately, we can't sell you one flag. We can sell you right. two flags. For sure. And if you do one, one flag, guess what? They're going to charge you 50 to 100 a bucks. Right. Right. right? So um, that's why uh, we, you know, we it's a lot of homework, believe it or not, trying to uh, research all this stuff and trying to get the best uh, price. So, you know, there's some people that stated about the jerseys and I'm still waiting for the order. So I hear you. Yeah. So um, but no, yeah, we're we're really excited. Um, about all of this we're extremely grateful you know for all the 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 fans and you know just seeing um lately we've been seeing that a lot of the little kids that have been going out with their parents are sending us now pictures to our organization or private pages um um profile saying like hey guess what my kid went to a a game and look at them they now joined a football team which awesome which is really 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 cute and stuff so so far there's i think like four kiddos that have sent us um pictures like that and that's exactly what keeps on keeps us going right um yeah so yeah i've specifically got a connection we've talked about jeremy before who's mm-hmm. come out with his son mm-hmm. levi um they were there at that first game and levi's big thing now is like i want to play football but yeah. not just i want to play football i want to play football for the gunslingers like, yeah that is so an, awesome he's excited about being you know about this team it's something that he has. It's not something he watches on TV. Yeah. He's been there live and gotten knocked off a dasher board. By that's a true. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, you like know and, and that's awesome. You know, our, our, I think our ultimate goal is just, of course, keeping the team, the organization growing. I mean, trust me, if, if we could and, and we had these millions of dollars, we're not backed up by big uh, corporations. We're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're actually working with nothing but local sponsors. And that's actually very cool, you know. And right now, trying to survive because COVID is still in existence. It's still an epidemic, you know. We're, we're trying to survive and supporting each other. Um, it, it's really, really cool. Um, and, you know, we're extremely grateful for all the fans that we have. And, you know, we continue to invite, you know, give it a shot, uh, you know, give us a try. Um, I do want to go ahead real ahead and quick because I will talk forever. I'm very opposite of my brother. But um, <laughs> Monday, Monday's a really, really um, cool. Uh, we, yeah, I'm glad you're bringing this up because yeah, we so, just saw this a few minutes ago and we wanted to talk about it. So Monday, there's an upcoming, obviously, game on April 12th. So we have a lot of stuff going on. Um, I invite for the parents to go ahead and invite their little ones. We're going to have a very, very cool entrance. Um, I don't even think a lot of the sponsors, I mean, I'm sorry, a lot of the ownership knows. I think it's just me and my husband are aware. No one else knows, and we're not going to go ahead and disclose that uh, surprise. Surprise It's hush-hush. I love secrets. Aimed particularly at the kids. Right for it's the kids. I think it's for everyone. For the, oh, I everyone. think okay. I think it's going to be something really cool. Um, very pump, you know, it'll, it'll pump us up, and it's extremely something very uh, different, something very different. And that's one thing. Every game, that's sort of what we're trying to do: implement something different and different and different and different. You know, so it is. It's going to get better. As nice. a podcast, what could we do more to help you and to promote the team? Honestly, guys, y'all do wonderful. I cannot ask y'all for anything more. We're extremely blessed to to have y'all in our lives and, and for y'all to give us an opportunity to be part of organization. So I I think y'all do more than, than what y'all should be doing. So I, I can't ask. Well, then we'll back off. No, um, <laughs> That's Philip talking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We really enjoy being around this thing from the start. Do you still have that? I do. Uh, is that something we can is talk that, about right now? Yes. Okay. Yes. So this upcoming Monday, we are um, – we are dedicating our game to the public servant. So um, that includes, you know, first responders, right? So 
SAPD, Bear County, whoever, if you're law enforcement, EMS, fire, fire departments, I mean, we are going to go ahead and allow them to go ahead and come in for free. Awesome. Um, and that's just an honor for them. Yeah, it's something to, to give back to the community. I mean, they're, my brother as well is, you know, a law enforcement, right, right. so it is not uh, an easy job. So we just want to go ahead and continue to give back to the community. And so Very cool. uh, what do they need to bring with them? What do they need to have to, you know, ID their yeah, ID? So how, if, how are they, how are you guys going to process that? Yeah. So um, if you are an officer or in the fire department, whatever, anything that honestly has your name and states what you're doing as a job. So if it's a badge, if it's an ID, I mean, even if you have a piece of paper with, I don't know, an award letter, whatever it is, go ahead and bring it on over um, to the guest services area. And then we'll go ahead and give you your complimentary um, ticket. Yeah. Awesome. So that'll get you in, not your whole family. That'll get you in yeah, to so, the game. Yeah, so I just want to make sure that we're, it's crystal clear so nobody goes, well, I understood that. Um, so there's still parking. They yes. still have to pay things. for parking. Yes. They still have to pay for food and drinks. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, so, yes, this is only free admission for the individual. You Which know. is still amazing. Like, it's still a great thing. Yes. Yeah, um, you know, and if you don't want to bring your wife or your kids, then bring your own buddies that are in law, right. in law enforcement and right. stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, for so sure. your family working extra hours. Hey, yes. I don't need to know. Yeah, so and in every game, <laughs> that's sort of what we're trying to aim. Every other game that we'll have, we'll go ahead and dedicate um, a special population towards um, the day. So, again, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of surprises that are coming up and we're Very really cool. excited for. What was the attendance for the last game? Do you remember? It's about 2,000. So, awesome. Yeah, so a lot of the folks that we are having out there are – you know, those fans are the season holders and stuff like that. So, you know, we appreciate them. Um, I mean, yeah, we want to see new faces out there. The shift from 2,200 on the first night out there, which was a Saturday night, to 2,000 on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's incredible. It mm-hmm. sounds like you lost people, but I would have expected that number to drop a little uh, more than that. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have expected a lower number. Yeah, for a Monday night, it was, it was good. So, uh, yeah. Um, I invite people to buy tickets for the dashboard because that's that's the fun. Like I mean, right. that for is sure. fun. Yeah, that's very interactive. Yeah, uh, yeah you've been down there, right? Have you been down on the dashboard? Yeah, uh-huh. we haven't. We're, oh, we're I'm stuck. sorry, you're over there. We're the, stuck up in the uh, balcony. In the Romeo area. and Juliet balcony. That's it. That's where we are. Uh, Alba and Jason and uh, Jonathan is still here. Raul um, too. Raul's here. Uh, we really appreciate everything you guys do, and I know that fans on some level don't really see how much work goes into this um i get there early because i'm i'm doing a game and i've got set up and that kind of stuff i still don't get there anywhere near like y'all have already been there a full day by the time i get there to set stuff up um so we really appreciate the multiple hats you have to wear um the way that that you guys have to kind of pull everything together and create something out of nothing almost every week yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you walk into a dirt arena and you create an experience yeah. for fans every week, and that's that's impressive. Yeah, um, it really is. So we really do appreciate that. Thank you. We're gonna wrap things up. We are really excited for uh, the folks that came out and hung out with us. We may do this again sometime very soon. Yeah. Um, we love JD's Bar and Grill. We're excited that they are part of our podcast. For Thank sure. you, JD's Bar and Grill. For, for sure. sure. And, and my uh, friend Patty J for coming out. Patty J, woo, you rock it. 
Well, we've talked to lots of people. We've talked about gunslingers football for hours now, it feels like, and that's great. Like, I, I love, love doing that. Great um, show. I love going live. But everything has to end at some point, that's and true. so this is where we're going to wrap things up. So all that's left to say is that Smoking Guns Podcast is brought to you by... Texas Sports LMT, and that stands for Licensed Massage Therapist. Specializes in sports massage, sports stretch, Swedish, and deep tissue massage. Texas Sports LMT has been in business eight years and was nominated Best of San Antonio three years in a row. She worked alongside the San Antonio Commanders, making sure they were game day ready at all times. She has also worked and provided sports stretch to numerous players from the NFL and NFL Combine. Sports stretch is structured to be performed on athletes of any size or stature. It is safe for just about anyone who is looking to gain flexibility in order to perform better on the field, in the gym, and everyday activities. And that means you. So if you are, feel stressed, you're tired of working from home, you're tired of that computer, call Laura and get your massage. Give Laura, the Texas Sports l a call to set up an appointment today at 210-459-0176. Again, that's 210 210- Four five nine zero one seven six. It's not how you train, it's how you recover. Smoking Guns Podcast is also brought to you in part by our amazing, 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 amazing. They're both, they're both amazing and amazing. Okay. Uh, Patreons. We have Bo and Iris Ferrante. Love them. We Love have. Thank them. you, Herman Robles Jr., who checked in on Speedpipe last week. Love with Herman. Us. We have Alba Nava, who sat down with us just today, just a few minutes ago, uh-huh. and talked Thank to you, us Alba. about the gunslingers. Greg and Kim Nelson. Love them. Humphrey Hernandez. All the way from Hawaii? Yeah, I believe so. And then Adrian, uh, Adriana Garcia. All of those folks help us bring you the show. You can be part of that team as well if you go over to patreon.com slash smokingunspod. Um, well, that's it. Like, it's been a long show, but that's okay. I think we have I'm going to stay longer here, though. This is so much fun here. It is. It's a lot of fun. I'm ready to pack up the equipment and uh, find some food. Yeah. Uh, we've got, when it comes to football in San Antonio, like, football is made for San Antonio. San Antonio is made yes. for football. Sure is. And we've got a message for all of those folks out in the rest of the American Arena League. The, the Raiders out in Mississippi. The Bulls up in North Texas. The Austin Wild, the Wild Men out in Austin that'll be coming this way uh, here in just a week. The Buccaneers out on the oceans of El Paso. Um, When it comes to football, when it comes to arena football in the state of Texas, the 2-1-0 has got something to say. Bang, bang.